Hey everyone, first things first. Thank you, Trey Jones. Amazing job with Swamp Fest. So well done. Killed it. Absolutely killed it. So thank you, Trey Jones, and all the people that helped Trey pull this off. Just so psyched on it. Just such a great time. So the interview that you're about to hear with Ronnie Bonner took place there. And I also recorded interviews with Robbie Morales, which is a really, really good one. I'm sure you guys will like that. And John Paul Rogers, who is just hilarious. So those will come up over the next couple weeks. Appreciate you all listening. I appreciate your extremely kind words, uh, whether it be by text or direct message on Instagram through Dad 2000 And uh, just those kind of heartfelt words are really appreciated and uh, just make me feel like I'm heading in the right direction and, and giving you some content that you can really enjoy. You know, it's a hobby for sure. It's a hobby that I'm having a great time doing, but it's made that much better with that kind of response. So anyhow, I still have some shirts left if anyone is interested in them, just direct message, or if you just want to make a donation to the show, direct message me on Instagram at groundhead 2000 Enjoy the podcast. Talk to you soon. Stuff, I like organizing things, but I don't want to be right judging. Yeah. You know? I'm like, man, it's... That's a whole responsibility, and you look at someone like Scotty Kramer doing it, Yeah, and it's like, wow, you know... I give him a lot of credit because it's hard to judge, but he's done it all so he can see every little, little nuance that maybe I can't see. Yeah. I couldn't see it today as I could have saw it then. Well, it's gotten a little crazy now. Now it's like so fast. I can't even see it. Yeah. What'd they just do? Yeah. Yeah. There's two tricks in the middle I missed. I think that's another part of the ground check interview that's hilarious. He's like, if I wanted to do that kind of stuff, I'd go drive a forklift. I love him, man. You gotta listen to it. It's yeah, I'll so listen. I like funny. him a lot. I was hoping he was gonna come here. I was like, come I, on, he was supposed get to hockey and come down here and hang yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> we were supposed to pick him up partway if he could work it out. He was gonna meet me at like Baltimore or something and Dude, come down, but it didn't work out. Everyone like him is gonna go fuck, and then next year they're all gonna be. Is my Stu buddy, coming? Stu's coming. Oh no way! Yeah, Ted Nelson, my buddy Ted, uh-huh, no, who yeah, you yeah, know yeah, very yeah. well. Is he, he coming? He's not, oh. but he was pushing. He was pushing ground chalk. He's uh, like, you got to go with Joe. You got to hook up with Joe. You know, definitely yeah, do it. Yeah. So anyway, but, so welcome to the BMX in our blood. I'm here with Ronnie Bonner sitting in with Jay Harvey as well. You, Jay Harvey. Yeah, hey. Jay Harvey. What up? Uh, so we are at Swamp Fest 2018 in, how do you say it? Astatula? Astatula. Astatula, Florida. I've never even been to this place before. Uh, it, <laughs> this is, it's hot, man. This is like at least 45 degrees warmer than home. It is, it's nice. It's different being in this kind of heat and not being in a car with the heat on. Yes. You know? This is, this I, is this real This is good heat. Florida weather, too. Yeah, this is yeah. good right now. This is not bad. Before yeah. it's oppressive. Yeah. Once it hits oppressive, that's when everything right. gets sad. Yeah. But I've been here in February before because I've got uh, my stepmom and my dad before he passed. I lived in Merritt Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we would come, we would always come in February, and it was like at best 60. Yeah. And we're like, man, no wonder the tickets are cheap. No one goes to Well, you to never Florida know. I mean, February. when we did Roots, you know, that was always Easter weekend, mm-hmm. same time as the Easter Classic. And some years you wore a sweatshirt, some years it was flooding. 
He never knew what was going to happen. Right, right. So probably storms, right? 30, 40 next, next week, you know, it's like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we put sweatshirts on the most this year yep. in like maybe a decade. Oh, you know? okay. so I think we put them on about five or six times. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> right, right. No. And you know what I forgot to bring that I have in the van is uh, I have a UGP sweatshirt that Nuno gave me. Oh, nice. So I'll show it to you after, sick, but it's a red sick. UGP sweatshirt. I forget what it says on the sleeve. But it's got like a like a rotary kind of design on the front. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably remember it. Oh, but I will. When I see it, because we yeah. did a couple of those ones, like felt patches and oh. screen prints. We did a few different things with those. Right. So yes, let's on, do it. On that topic, well, there you go. There's the plates oh, that I had. Oh yeah. There's some UGP uh, sting plates, right? There's some yeah, this sting is plates. Yeah, sting. Actually, Ted Nelson came up with this idea. Yeah, he. Yeah, I. Well, in fact, I double checked with him on the name because. I had so many of them, but I couldn't remember the name of them. Yeah, this is so sick. Having reversible and like, yeah, yeah, it's, it was awesome. Yeah. It's so cool, man. Like, I have a box at the office right now that's probably about thirty-six inches long, and it's all ev- multiples of every state plate I ever did. You kept a series kept, of them. I kept kept at least a couple of every one. Nice. I'm actually going to put them all on eBay. Yeah, yeah. In the next couple next couple months, because mm-hmm. they're. They're so cool, and everyone like they yeah. seriously came off the because back in the day, you know, we printed them all ourselves. Mm-hmm. We had to, we still have the printing press and the die cutting machine. Yeah. So we have all the dies still, all that stuff. So Greg Lanthorn was the one that, you know, he would die cut all the plates. Oh, okay. So as they come out of the die, we'd stick them in a box, and they've been there for I don't even know decades. I guess oh. you know. I mean, hell, what was this plate done to the um, World Cup? That would have been. It's weird. We never even put the. The year on no, it. No, that, that <laughs> would have like, been. I was racing super at that time, so it was like '96, maybe. '96. So we within were in a year. Second warehouse at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's within oh, a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's the old. That's that would have been. I guess that one's from around '95, maybe '94. That's so, sick. so anyway, some some. Yeah, cool we've been stuff. geeking out on archive stuff, man. You? Because you know the whole project that we're working on. So it's like going through everything we have and I'm, I'm definitely I'm not a hoarder yeah but I definitely keep bits and pieces of all the history because I think I don't even know exactly I think we're like 31 years right now into I counted at least 30 because I added 30? up yep. I did a little research till now right so yeah. 30 years yeah I've not had a job in 30 years. <laughs> like, so well, you sick. have. It's just been for yourself. Yeah, yeah. it's sick. It's a job. Even shitty days are fucking <laughs> awesome. Man. Yeah. And it's like, it's so good. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so 30 years of of BMX. And not many know? people can say that. We were talking yeah. about just now with you and Chris. I mean, how many people are really from back in that era? Not of, a lot, because most people 80s. get in, most people get out, you know. They don't really hold on for the long, long haul, right. you know. It's like, right. and that's where passion comes in, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. I can't ride today, yeah. but I, I, I am a rider. Yeah. I love BMX. It's like, man, it, but we, I hold a very strong ethic of if you take, you must give. So if you're going to make something from this, you got to also make sure you're giving back into it. And a lot of people in the industry over all the years, they're more takers than givers you know and it's like and like trey jones right now he's a giver you know doing swamp fest everything's going on like this is this is how you give back you know and it's 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 pretty sick i i agree i mean 100 percent because that's why i do this you know as i told you i was i was gone for a number of years from the end of the 90s till 
2015, but as soon as I got back into it, as people have heard a hundred times in these interviews, it's as soon as I got back into it, I have an established job, family stable, kids are almost 18 and 21. At that time they were, you know, 15 and 18, but still it was, it was to the point where I could come back and actually give back. So right off the bat, we did John Lee fundraiser and then um, Stephen Murray Steve and then Scotty Murray, Kramer, Scotty. and then this year we're doing uh, Kevin Robinson That's awesome. for his wife and the kids. Um, so instantly to me, it's like I'm just getting back to the full circle to the yeah, giving yeah. back. It's like I'm, I have the ability to give back, and even if you're tight on the ability to give back, giving back doesn't have to be money, it doesn't have to be a massive amount of time. It's just like if you have this, you have to do that. Right, you know, so and that's and that's a key thing, especially for BMX. I mean, BMX is a niche. Yeah, you know, so if we want this little lifestyle to be a certain way, well, we all have to make sure we keep keep adding to it. And I've always believed in that from, you know, from like building trails in my neighborhood and having right. a, a ramp in my backyard forever, you know, to <coughs> doing flying circus, to doing roots, to doing, yeah. you know. You know, doing like Sparky's jams and like doing our kill tours, keep a local tours, or our, yeah. our new world tours, or all these different things we do, man. This is like it's all different levels. There is self-serving aspects of everything because if you can't make a little bit of money, sure. then you can actually give back money. Right. You know, so because right. back in the day, everyone used to always get really bummed if you if you said you wanted to make money, yeah. and you're like off you know make right. money so we can actually keep bmx cool and keep bmx yeah. out of douchebags hands yeah. you know like that's the biggest thing right yeah. now it's like don't let others control our fun right you now and like that's right. something i'm like really like adamant about you know and it's like so it's i yeah, think it's, you're right on the money and it sure sounds like it's come full circle and and helped you make a living yeah. Because you are giving back and people recognize it, and it's got to be part of the success. It has to be In, inadvertently. I, I'm not saying you intentionally did it, but oh, there's no intention, right? Because of course. You, you, it's too, it's too like too hard to plan like that. Yeah. I'm not even close to that smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, honestly, you'd have to be a pretty dishonest person to to walk into it and try to deceive people into thinking that so you could make a buck. Well, thirty years in. If yeah. at this point, like using myself as an example, if I was dishonest or here for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. well, first off, I would have quit a long time ago. You know, I mean, hell, I don't think I made a real paycheck maybe for 19 of the first years. You know what I mean? It was enough to probably pay your basic bills. Right. You know? But in all honesty, I felt extremely successful that entire time. Yeah. I was like, it was a phenomenal journey. You know, like, hell, when I was in high school, and I started learning about like, because I started UGP in, I started UGP in high school. In I was 80, in 10th or 11th grade. 86, yeah, right? Yes, so it was 86. It was, the, it was the year before the Worlds came to Orlando. Oh, 87 yeah. Worlds. Yeah, you would know that too, you know, Jim. I, was there. I came yeah. over for it. Yeah. So I was coming I was to in, America. Mm-hmm. I was in <laughs> an architect class. I wanted to be an architect, and I thought that was going to be, and I was like, holy shit, this is really hard yeah and I was in the closet I was in there I was like digging around all this shit I found some screen printing equipment right I was like oh my god what's this and then so I started playing with it next thing I stole it all brought it home and then I started printing t-shirts with it and then next thing you know I was like oh shit and then I started discovering I didn't know what a font was when I discovered what a font was I was like oh my god then late many years later I discovered that there was fonts in foreign languages I was like oh my god this is amazing but kind of wow. backing up I was like going like 
So I started making that, and like kind of like it just, yeah, it's just just awesome seeing how kind of like yeah. from high school at sixteen, not having a clue about what a font was or that. Right. But then when when you discovered that you could travel, which essentially what like, let's let's digress and talk. So like the BMX right. bike is your first thing that you get that teaches you what freedom is. Right. So once I learned freedom, and I meant freedom meant the neighborhood, then the next city, then it meant the next town, then it meant the next state, then next thing when I discovered you could fly someplace, yeah. UGP took on like a whole, whole new meaning. It really was a way to buy a plane ticket. Yeah. And then from the plane ticket, it meant meet people, you learn about cultures, learn about design, learn about business, learn about all these things. And essentially that is, and even today is why. You know, I mean, like that's the whole. So the journey, the travel, the the learning experiences. I mean, I would have never left, you right. know, Maitland, Florida. You know, if I like, if it wasn't for BMX, you know, it's like. I think so many people have experiences like that where we, you know, a lot of us that, whenever I first went to Columbus, Ohio, would have never gone to Columbus, Ohio. Of course, Columbus, Ohio, of all places. But I would have never gone there as a a teenager, and I ended up spending every Christmas there for how long? I mean, it's... Hell yeah, high street, mean Mr. Mustard, shout out. Absolutely. I definitely got some stories. If we can go dirty, I got some crazy stories there. We can go go wherever you want to go, believe me. If if Groundchuck got the the amount of listens he got (laughs) through what he said... You can edit this you out. I'll tell this story. You can edit it out, you know. But that's up to you. With on you High Street, oh, I'll, I'll, I tell the story all the time. We, on High Street, there was a strip club, and we went to it. And we show up to it, and there's a little window, yeah. and all of us left the the race. We went down there, yeah. and we had all these like really young dudes with us. We went to the window, and everyone, while we were just dying, they all clawed on the ground underneath our legs and went in the door. We get into this strip club. There's a stage with a pole in the middle of it. There's metal, two to three rows of metal foldable chairs around the stage. We get in there. It's all these underage kids. We're all hanging out. It was so much fun. These women are dancing, and I see this woman go, we're in the second state, second row of metal folding chairs and this woman reaches in this guy's drink pulls ice out and starts rubbing on herself we're like oh my god next thing you know she dances and she starts lifting her leg up and she starts dancing and i swear to god a dingleberry flew out and it landed on the front stage (laughs) and next thing you know all the metal chairs are flying everywhere it's so crazy a minute later this woman's on the pole all the way to the top loses her grip fall straight on her head on oh the stage. God. It was that's Ohio. Dingleberries to concussions. <laughs> so you can oh edit it out. I, I was care, waiting you know? for you to like, tell me that like one of the guys with you yelled out, Mom? No, <laughs> no, it was <laughs> but that's that Ohio. <laughs> that was Ohio, man. Yeah, right. Ohio's the first time I ever saw snow. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was like, oh my god. So it's yeah, so yeah. Those are the kind of places you can cut out and you can be like, hey. But anyway, so no, where do you... this is all. Those that's got to stay. That's I'll, gotta stay. I'll, I'll talk. <laughs> that's there, gotta stay. I have a lot of really oh man stories. Well, you so covered it's... a bunch of things, but but where you, you want to start? You know what there. I wanted to? Well, we already did. You got yeah. a great start for me because we talked about plates, which I can identify with because I made plates that whole mm-hmm. DDR oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And sold them, you know, just, I, I hand cut, I bought shelving paper, yeah. cut it with an X-Acto knife, and with some, that's how I would pay for my races. Yeah. But I never went to the level of... Knocking out Crit, Haro, and 
unstoppable brands. But like, I, well, I, I never place are a good place to talk about. It's play, like plates are awesome. Anyone can do it, and that's what that's what unfortunately I think is a little kind of missing nowadays is the the DIY and the business end yeah. sort of. You know, yes, yes we did. So, we, did you sign that already? Yeah. Everybody's faces are run together, but I did recognize you after I got yeah. off the cart. Um, so the, the plate thing, I think, well, it's in place. Actually, it's a good place to go backwards. Like, sure. when I first started UGP, like, I really wanted to be a bike company, but then at 86 ish, 87, somewhere in there, I met Chris Moeller. He came to Orlando. He, it was awesome, and Chris came to Orlando for this race. I have pictures of it too. He's like, he stole. I'll, I'll go to all those right. Like he, he stole everyone's stuff from Freestyle BMX action, like jerseys, ODI satin jackets. He had plates. He had all this stuff. He was selling it, and I'm becoming friends with him. And I thought it was super cool because like, oh, he's got a bike brand. Oh, I'll just keep going the route of clothing and plates. Yeah. But at the time with plates though, because I skated first and then I started riding BMX. Oh, okay. So I was really into the ideas. Like number plates at the time were always mathematical. They had things that snapped on, snapped off. You wrote your moto sheets on and whatnot. I was like, yeah. that's pretty boring, you know? So, you know, we did the groove panel. We did the recession panel. We did the, you know, the, the, the oval plates. You know, we did right. our ideas were like make plates that present who you are. Right. and what you're about and that was pretty disruptive it, it would have completely probably not been plausible and at the time we didn't understand it is that bmx was in the worst place it had ever been in in the late 80s yeah that mm -hmm. 86 to that 92 yeah. window kind of thing it was in a really bad place hence it made me able to like start ugp Right. You know, so it's like I was in 11th grade and my mom and dad actually drove me to Louisville, Kentucky for my first big race, you know, to bring yeah. my nerve plates. I was riveting Velcro onto the, onto the plates, oh, me and William gosh, Tremble in the back seats, yeah. oh. driving up there. And that's where I met like Lana Grant. I met the Foster Brothers. Yeah. I met like, I met so many people sponsored. What was it? Wheel... A willpower. willpower. So right. A willpower That's team. who Foster was on yeah, at the time. On, and Timmy and like, Stralicki and all those guys. And I mean, I met, I mean, I can remember the moment I met like Lonegrand. I remember we're yeah. down by the, the, the tennis courts. Yeah. You know, and like, and like, so going to, and then I had, I mean, like Charlie Danishek from System Cycle DK. And he right. was my first, he actually inadvertently became like a really big mentor for me. And he kind of gave me an opportunity and he taught me about, I used to just like tape zip ties to the back of number plates and I was like hey here it is and he's like no packaging whatnot and now I think we're some of the best at packaging you know, like yeah. packaging is all like my thing you know so okay. and Charlie really was the influence of that via system cycles you know so I was still in high school at that moment and in meeting all these guys there that shifted my trajectory that I was like oh this can actually be a job I'm like wow no way you know yeah. so it was that whole trip, that trip was funny too, because I forget his name, but the gentleman who owned Zero Nine at the time, oh, he was trying to hit me yeah, up at that race. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think you really should do this through me. I think you should do this through me. And then later on, I looked, I turned around, I was like, as a kid, I was like, this is awkward. It's like, what's going on? And you later have a good on, I looked, sense. Then I, I was like, this is awkward. This is kind of weird. I don't know why this dude would even yeah. want to bother with this. But now I, then I look back on it, I was like, Oh. He was trying to stop it. <laughs> he was trying to stop it, you know. He saw yep. what we were doing and saw oh, the energy yeah. and how we were kind of bringing something 
so different into BMX at the moment, which was yeah. the personality and how do you have how do you have steez, you know? Mm. And, I, and that's really what UGP and even today what we want to do is like it's it, it's got to showcase personality, you know? It's yeah, yeah. Definitely. So number plates were the vehicle of learning how to progress, you know? It's and I think it's so important, and, and I've seen a couple people do it. Not many have taken it or took it to the level that you did or Mike Rodriguez or Zero Nine or Haro. Of course, Haro was, was in the beginning. But not many people took it past that because first of all, it took, it, it took balls because you had to invest in, you had to have a die cut made, yeah. which is where I stopped. I was yeah. like, as long as I can cut it, as long as I can cut, as long as the poly is, is soft enough that I can cut it with, oh, the, yeah. with the metal straight edge, I'm not getting a die cut machine because I can't afford it. So I'll just keep buying the shelving vapor and die cutting. So to go to that next step takes guts. And you I'm know, delusional enough. I've realized that I just believe everything's completely plausible. It's yeah. totally possible. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad I still even today think in those manners because if I if I thought, I mean, I plan. I'm heavy into planning. But where now. did you get that from? You got that from somewhere. I mean, most of us would say our parents, maybe their work I mean, ethic. My parents are just the coolest, coolest fucking people ever. You know, like they're just so supportive. And they were always kind of like, like, I had a half pipe in my backyard. I didn't even ask them if I could build it. Next right. thing I just had a half pipe in my backyard. I had trails. I was always the guy. I had the trails. I built the trails into the road. I had the ramp in my backyard. Yeah. I had took over my whole parents' garage. You yeah. know, I had screen printing. And then and so I didn't get a car until I was almost like 20 or 21 because I bought screen printing equipment. I bought all this stuff. See, that's and... the difference. You had a vision and you had, well, you had the support, yep. which is good. You, had the support, you still had to use your sure. own money because yep. obviously you passed no, on a car. My parents didn't have the money, you know. Was, right. Was... Nor did mine. So yeah. it was kind of like a decision of, okay, I needed to drive. I, did, I couldn't. You know, I had to be able to get to work. Everyone makes their own decisions. It was but. funny, though, because I realized, because I had the ramp, the trails, and this, everyone mm-hmm. was at my house. So I was like, you want to go someplace? Okay, you drive. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. I don't need a car. You know, it's like. You worked it out perfectly, unintentionally. I mean, it just worked yeah, out really well. It worked well. out awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think I've always been delusional enough just to <laughs> chase the dream, you know? such a funny and way And I mean delusional in an absolute positive way, right. you know? I mean, but, but. But everyone should be delusional, in my opinion. You should right. chase dreams because dreams are reality. They're just you just haven't totally grasped yeah. it yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, and that's and that's something that like, if I think of it, I'll just do it. Yeah. You know, like, and it's and right. I don't care if what you think of me. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. the main thing, like, we started Shadow, which I don't want to get too far ahead, but the one thing was is that it's like we wanted to start a brand that either loved it or you hated it. Right. No middle ground. Middle ground is forgettable and boring, and that's the last thing I want to do. If you hate right. something I do, I'm like awesome. Not that I want you to hate. I, I, I want to be I want to be like just like anyone. But it right? gives you direction. But it it plants us firmly in a place that others that it's it's our spot. Right. And I want to be in our spot. I don't want to be in your spot or his spot or that spot. I want to be in our oh, spot. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, okay. I want okay. to be where we want to be. And if you like it, the thing that I've learned is if you do that, there's always people that like what you do. If you're always chasing other people's dreams, other people's steez, yeah. then you're just, yeah, you're yeah, boring, yeah. you know? And that's right. shitty and boring. And yeah. I don't want, I don't want any part of that, you know what I mean? And that's always been yeah. from the beginning, you know? It's like, and in the beginning of UGP, you know, you can see, like, I've, I've I got... Pete Cowley gave me one of my, uh, last year's spring, he gave me my first 
two color sticker sheet from UGP. I've got it at the. I was like, yeah. and it's funny because like there's this one UGP thing which is a total rip off from Freestyle Magazine. I just took it and put UGP <laughs> on it, and I did this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah. you know, like Andy Jenkins and Mark Lumen and Jeff Tremaine inadvertently were like, yeah, my heroes. And today they still are my heroes. You know, because like Mark Lumen runs Nemo, and like Andy Jenkins now is like the art director of Element Skateboards. You know, and oh, it's I didn't like, know that. I bought yeah. some of his artwork. I it's didn't realize awesome. he worked at Element. He now works. Oh, well, he was at Girl Forever. Then he okay. went to. Then he went to Street League, and now he's at Element. Okay. You know, so and then like Jeff Tremaine, Jackass. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Everything. You know, and it's like and hell, Jeff Tremaine doing funk pelts. Like, I mean, Andy Jenkins did J two number plates. You know, so these guys were like. Yeah. And then once they got to the magazines. I was like, oh my god, these guys are like my, they're my, they they inadvertently taught me graphic design. They were taught me like how to like present things and do it. And I was like, and that's all from reading magazines, you know. Right. It's like, and it's right. yeah, it's really cool. You know? Which it's, is now it's a whole different topic, but that's what's missing now. This tangible piece of of paper that you could actually, you know, turn into your own version of a your own creation. You know what's funny though is is that's that's anyone that's like thirty years and mm-hmm. older, twenty five years older, say mm-hmm. it's the 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 message is the same, the medium has changed. Mm-hmm. To me I get the same satisfaction going on Instagram or going through things and hashtags and whatnot. It happened to me in our time here as a kid, it was a it was paper, ink on paper. Right. Now it's just it's a it's a screen, it's a digital screen. It's the, 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 the medium has changed, but the message hasn't. Correct. You know, for me, you know. So I don't, you know, I, I'm a magazine whore. Right, you know, right, I have right, every, right. Ma- I, if you ever come to my office, you see our, I have everything outlined, everything dialed, I have every magazine ever made, it's all alphabetized, broken. More so than Gork? It sounds like I'll, you and Gork are from the same pod. I mean, for me, <laughs> I, I just love the, the, the research aspect yeah. and designing by, right. by, you know, date reference sure. you know and stuff but um i'm i love history history but i love the present more than the past yeah and there that's a difference between mm-hmm. some people and others is that i love like i'm not an old school guy i'm not a mid-school guy i'm a i'm a 2018 2019 2020 2020 guy and that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what i do you know it's like and i but i do love history you know not even history but you might just love it history in general sure you know? i mean it's like once you know history you know the future you well, know what i mean it's look at the names of your of your your companies i mean those are those are historical references right i mean some latin names some mm-hmm. you know those those must uh those were created by you i would assume yeah, yeah, the names all came yeah, from yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. so you i mean it's funny because ugp a lot of people don't know but a lot of it was actually a derivative from because my favorite racer was greg hill Okay. So GHP was my favorite, especially no. the Max uniform period. Yes. Sickest uniforms ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to Magoo, man, because Magoo was working with Max during that time period also. And yeah. oh my God, best looking shit ever. You know what I mean? And it's like, and so it's funny, like, how that, and you know, like with Sub Rosa, we wanted like a name that had substance and story. Same thing with Shadow. Like there's there's stories behind the names. There's reason. There's there's a reason. They're not just right. This is the trendy name. Let's use that now. Sure. You know, it's like because we want to be long term. Nothing we do is short term. Sure. Based. You know, it's 
Let's, well, you know, the only other thing I was going to ask you on UGP, yeah. and then I do want to move forward to that Let's because because that gets pretty interesting. But when did you start doing clothing after? Or I'm sorry, you started with plates. It's funny, it but I, right actually we started with T-shirts. You did? Yeah. Okay, so I've got it backwards. So I started with. Not many people know this, but like I sold T-shirts, and I would go down to the store called Spotted Zebra. And then there was another one called Unity, and I would bring, I print some T-shirts, yeah. and I would take them down there, and then they would sell like within like the week. I come back and be like, oh my god, they sold! So I would make another yeah. batch and I would do it. And then I made plates because we we rode. Uh, the first plates we made, we made them out of tin. And tin. Tin. That's all we had. We found some tin. I spray painted. I did the same shelving contact paper. Yeah. Did the whole things on it. It was funny. And then I started figuring out how to do it all. Was this back in the era of like the Greg Esther rectangular? They, you know, these were really weird. They had these. It almost looked oh, like you a did keystone. Shapes. Yeah, it was almost like a keystone Pennsylvania shape. It was really bizarro and like weird. And oh, so you didn't go was, the easy route. You actually put some work into cutting tin, this. But tin. then it was the same thing. Like Tony Schnaka yeah, at the '87 Worlds, Race to Worlds, mm-hmm. and we we actually hand cut all the plates and all stuff like that. And he actually gave me the plate back like ten years ago. That the, I made a for tin him. one? No, it's the plastic. Oh, okay. Because right, I found this garbage can plastic yeah, that yeah. you could, I could hand cut, as you were saying. You could hand cut it, you could put yeah, it in. Yeah. We did all that stuff, and then it kind of led. 87 Worlds, the funniest thing was, is I made all these stickers that I Xerox paper, took contact paper, put the Xerox on it, and get clear over it. I stuck into the pits at the Worlds and put stickers on every single pro's number plate and didn't ask. Oh my gosh. If you go back and look at the coverage from that, 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 no that way. Page, all BMS action, whatnot, so many dudes had little UGP stickers on their number plates. And they, they had no idea. No idea was on their plate and they all raced and <laughs> did it, you know? And I was like, which is funny oh because gosh. when we talk about, like, talking about, yeah. Shadow, how we launched it, yeah. we did a similar thing, you did know? You? And it was like kind of funny, you know? It's like. Which would have been how many years later? Was... 2002 was when we started UGP, you know? Wow, so it's, it's like, like. So yeah, so t shirts are first, then number plates came along. Oh, okay. But then going into clothing, to answer your question, the, the t shirts led to, you know, beanies and hats and probably. Then what I actually did is, is I would actually go to the live, this is before the internet, I would go to the library and go microfish. Yeah. And I would research microfish. I'd find material suppliers down in Miami. I would drive down to Miami with a paper map, drive through these crazy places, and right. you go to places and no one spoke English. It's all Spanish. Yeah. I would go down there. I knew nothing about buying fabric. Yeah. I'd buy all the fabric. I'd figure out how to buy it all. I'd bring it all back to Orlando. Uh-huh. And then I found sewers. And then I just started, I found a, a person who could make patterns. I found a person who could do grading. I learned about grading. I learned about pattern making. I learned about sizing. I learned about dye migrations. I learned how, like, you know, seam allowances. I started learning how to actually be a garmento, you know, like figure out how to put garments together. So all the way up until 95 to 2000, we made all of our clothing either in, in Florida or in L.A. You LA know? too. Yeah, so we made LA. I figured I'd do that, and then in, when Bill Clinton signed the pact for like the World Trade Organization, yeah. I instantly saw us not possible to make stuff in America anymore. I had to go to Asia. So we made all our shin guards in Orlando. It's like Kevlar yeah. and all this and paddings and and all that stuff. So it's it's this, again it's what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Would that have been in like the Bill Madden extra skin era, or was that before, before Bill? To be, I'm horrible at like 
I think it was before. Okay. Yeah. So late 80s then, maybe? Then when you started um, doing the shin, you're talking about uh, protection. When did you go into protection? Man, it's hard to say exactly, but I it was definitely... Definitely between 92 and 95, okay. for sure. Yeah, it may have been just after Bill. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, think your skin went too, too long. I, I am terrible it's at, a, like... It's, it's all right. It's yeah. just, I was thinking that that's kind of coincidental because Bill was, you know, sewing and doing the yep, Velcro yep, yeah. and all that totally. stuff. And, we tried to take a different route because, like, Keith Trainer at the time was allergic to neoprene, and he wrote for EGP. Oh. So then that's when we discovered that, hey, if we do a fleece liner, do a corridor outside, do like a Kevlar front, number plate. Right, right. Let's say. Yeah, number plate plastic, inserts, yeah. you know, like we were really, and pedals yeah, yeah. are not a lot gnarlier at the moment too. You know? Oh my so. gosh, I brought a set for, um, you probably saw my post, Derek Gerard. Don't worry about it. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it'll get a little gnarly. But yeah, yeah. So, um, this stuff doesn't matter at all. It yeah, man. Like we stepped into France. Yeah, 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 yeah right. I met these guys earlier. We're so pretty sophisticated. Cool. Sometimes Sparky's we're in France. France. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. That's it. Um, so, yeah, so shin guards, protective, you know, like, so, and that's yeah. when, probably about the same time period that we sponsored Tosh. With UGP, like that was. Oh, that must have been after your factory two. BMX team, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay yeah. Harvey factory. Eric Zupko, yeah. Jay Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> Were you around during that whole time period? Because that's kind of how we led into doing Roots. I was '83 to about '98. So right when you started Roots, which would have been about '98, is when yeah. I stopped. So, so you were 98. So to... then, you, did you ever see like when we used to go to all the races and we'd set up like a themed booth and we would do the. We did the military booth. Well, first one we ever did was all our team dressed up in like tan dicky uniforms with name patches and tan helmets. Everyone was like, they were workers. And then from that one, we led to doing uh, a military tent. We got this whole military tent. We got all military uniforms. Orlando National. Yeah, Orlando National. That I don't remember. But then again, I didn't do a lot of the um, the Easter period races where, where there was like the two weekends in a row. Yep. I didn't do a lot of those. I, but it, we went from the military, then we went to uh, uh, a Hawaiian booth, we had hula dancers, and everyone had Hawaiian race uniforms, and we custom sewed all the, the Hawaiian jerseys and all this stuff. And then we made this booth called the Catfish Shack. Oh it's a full God. Catfish Shack with chairs, everything. And it's yeah. funny because Ryan Schur has a story that he was so afraid to come in the booth because he was like super young, like 14, 15 years old, and he wouldn't come into the booth, and he was so scared. But that year was the year we ended up drinking Southern Comfort at the end of the day, and we got so drunk that. And Robin Ryan was not drinking, but Robin Ryan got the front end load at the end of the day, and he smashed the booth, and like everyone's wrecking it. Like, MBL, man, if it was our fault or it was our fault, Bob Tedesco would always come to me and be like, thought it was us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, Bless him, man, because that dude was awesome to me. Great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was funny because no matter what, anything happened at NBL, it was right. pretty much our fault. <laughs> you know? I was like, but he gave me tons of opportunities. But yeah, we wrecked that. That booth yeah. got destroyed. But then that booth, what we decided to do is I ended up finding some ramps and bought some ramps and I did it all. And next thing you know, we're like, let's don't do booths anymore. We've done this many years. Let's go to Outspoken Bike Shop, throw some ramps in the parking lot. And that was Roots 1. Oh, which would have been. Uh, let me get ahead. That would have been about 98, right? 
that you I had your first root scan. 99 somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrible I, I, at dates. So. I steal information from interviews. So Perfect. If, if you were wrong, then you're wrong now. Yeah, it's, it was, so it's it was okay. 98, 99, <laughs> definitely for sure. No, it's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely there. And that was the first. So then basically because of the race, the Orlando race, we got every nasty was there. Malterno. It was like... I mean, there, God, there was Joe Donnelly, you know, yeah. I mean, there was... Paul was doing the everyone. scorpion flips. Mike Cottle, you know, I mean, well, it's... I've been chatting with Mike. I didn't realize he lived in Florida for a bit before he went to Pittsburgh. Oh, Mike Cottle. Oh, like, yeah. Mike yeah. Cottle. I love that dude. He's one of my best friends. He's been super nice, to, yeah, He's to talk to. sick as fuck. And the, I took on his first road trip ever. Yeah. He was 15, I think, and I took him to Pittsburgh. Is he from Florida? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's from Florida. Right. Like his parents own a bike shop called Outspoken Bike Shop. Oh, okay. And that's where the first roots was in their parking lot. And then oh. it's funny, like years later, as he's older, I'm like, I can't believe his parents let him go on a road trip with me. <laughs> but I, I took him to Pittsburgh and we had so much fun. It was such he's got some good stories on. So yeah. I took him on that. And then it's funny, years later, yeah. that's his he is Right. He and his crew had all the Longwood trails, which are yeah. infamous. I didn't know yeah. those were his. Yeah, he did. He was so you know, Longwood would have been. Was that John Paul and them? No. Well, yeah, John Paul lived. Well, John Paul lived on the. Yeah, John Paul kind of lived in Longwood too. You know? I mean, I realized. I mean, I met kinda... John Paul when I was fifteen. Right. At the Orlando local track, yeah. you know, and then we became friends. I mean, John Paul, like John Paul and I actually started one of the very first writer-owned distribution companies called Nomad Distribution, oh. and it was UGP and SNM. We didn't work a lot, so we played basketball and skated the ramp in the warehouse and hung out. And like it was ahead of its time. I still have my house or at the office. I still have the first catalog, all the first stuff. But yeah, John Paul was going to school, had this Subaru that was a mess. Yeah, you know, and like yeah, and he, you know, that was in between him going to California and came back. And he went back to California. Right. Yeah, John Paul's awesome. Oh, he is. I can't wait to talk to him later this, you know, it, over the next day or two. He's because... certifiably insane. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. No, no doubt. And that's why I can't wait to talk with him because that's just going to be entertaining as heck. And, and Florida and I... gets to claim him. Oh, yeah. is that? Florida gets to claim him. Yeah, I'll yeah. Claim yeah. Him. I love that dude. He tried to escape, but he kept coming home. But... I love that guy. But yeah, so kind of like number play our t shirts and number of plates, which led to clothing and riding gear. I mean, UGP was arguably the very first action sports brand. You know, because I, yeah. in the mid late nineties we, we were the we had we had obviously BMX team Taj, you know, everyone on it. We had Scott Barley for wakeboarding, which is my childhood friend, but he's like the godfather of weight skating wakeboard. And we had Mike Metzger way before X Games Motocross? double flips. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Then we had Jamie Thomas for skateboarding. Zero okay. skateboards. You know, like I all that kind of stuff. So yeah. back then, that was like a really new concept to take everything together. So as a clothing brand, we took this route with the main focus on BMX. I got you. You know, so arguably, it, there's a few that all kind of start around that same time, but it, it's it is one of the first, if not the first. I honestly can't remember brands that crossed into other action sports like you did then. There's there's a lot in that early time period that yeah. became a lot, but it, in, in that mid 90s or whenever it was sure. exactly that we did it you know right, it was right. you know but um yeah it's interesting it's come from the UGP aspect and just kind of yeah. where it all all started and, and then to the point where we you know I'm trying to think about other things like well all right well, let's talk well, well, yeah let's talk about events because really before Roots <clears throat> which was UGP was still Roots well it was a UGP Roots jam okay yeah. so and it it 
was always roots till the end of it until it stopped okay so prior to that of course what i remember Uh is when you first put on the first ugp flying circuses which i was in yeah with jimmy levan and uh-huh. jimmy garcia and bill nitsky keith mulligan won the first series of it yeah and he, we did these we did these um weightlifter belts with studs on it yes. painted them and you won it and you got to go around and it was well that's a little different than what i'm talking about so you have to explain yeah. more of that to me because i'm talking about the ones where you did at the nbl grands that's on the first jumps yep yep yeah i didn't know that was part well, of the we, series i did yeah. columbus we did columbus it was louisville daytona three three stops and no and i didn't do daytona yeah so i remember doing it with Foster, all these guys, and it was such. It was in the very, very beginning. Oh yeah. And I remember lining up with all these guys, and I didn't think much of it. In Louisville or Columbus? Both. Okay. Both. Fuzzy. Yep. yep. Fuzzy won, I believe, because yeah. he did seven twenty this first jump at Louisville. I just remember Leonard Foster. Being oh my God. Prince Andrew Lander. Yes, man. And then I remember. Yeah. I remember being in Columbus, Ohio, and being up in the Mountains Tower. Yeah. And I remember putting on the music and it was Ice T, and he's like, "Yo, motherfucker, yo, motherfucker," and he's like, starts yelling "motherfucker" so loud, and I'm like, "Bob Tesco, where is he? He's gonna come get me." I'm like, "Man," I'm like, "Oh my God," or Bill Nisky laying on his face man is oh my god at louisville or, or oh, ohio oh columbus yeah 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 but yeah. at man dave Me? brumlow man in yeah. louisville i'm getting ready to do it we're sitting up there i'm so hung over and it's a day of the the, the, the contest i'm about to go set it up mm-hmm. i'm standing there with i had some hammer sweatpants shorts on yeah. with no underwear <laughs> he pantsed me <laughs> in front of the nbl booth <laughs> while i'm about to go do this contest like you're a dick. I love Doug Brumlow, but he's... <laughs> oh, that is too much. That is hey! too much. <laughs> oh, some Rosa Cruz here. Oh, that is yeah. too much. Yeah, Dave Brumlow. Now, he, Dave Brumlow's killing him doing events and everything. Florida series, whatnot. He's he's killing it. But, oh, okay. yeah, so Flying Circus, I actually have the first ad I laid out. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I was just talking about the Darren All stopped by the other day. The office, we're looking at the ad. I'm like, yeah. I, remember, I didn't know... This is press-on letters. We yeah. rubbed them on and hand-cut Xerox and laying these ads out. And they were... I had no clue how to do graphic design. Right. But I was learning what balance and negative space and positive space and everything was. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, like... Yeah. And that was the ad. Okay. You know? Right. like, And so then the Flying Circus, which actually did kind of go, oh, yeah. shit, you can actually do your own events. Yes. And it was timed so perfectly because you had this captive audience. Do you remember the people swarming the first jump at Louisville to watch that? Mm -hmm. I've got video. And I'm telling you, I would take off on the first jump. And I obviously, everyone was just hucking it. Oh, yeah. So I I was trying to bar spin, and the bike would just go flying. And people were getting hit by bikes. It was... Bill Nitschke, oh my gosh. Man, that he was, was yeah. he was like He was Ohio. I don't know if he was at Louisville, but he definitely was at Ohio. I might be thinking of He no, might have been a boat. Bill Nitschke was no he was because I've got video of that too. Yeah. But his bike went flying too. But everyone was so crowding back and, and John Paul I believe was announcing. So he keeps yelling everyone back up and then he would pretend to be Bob Tedesco and tell everyone back up. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny that's the year we sponsored Taj Mahalich it was like so rad I met him I was like oh my god and he got a big full page picture of BMX, BMX Plus yeah. that year it's like it was BMX Plus yep. because I was in the same one mm-hmm. there was a bunch of pictures from that that contest was really successful 
And we had no idea what we were doing, and nothing but it was came built. Out so doing. good. It's from a pure place, and yeah. it was a place that, like, again, it was the beginning of learning that if you take, you must give. You know right. what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah. and that that event taught us a lot. You mm-hmm. know, which was really cool. And I met a lot of really cool people out of there. Still, my buddies, yeah. Jody Donnelly, man, scorpion backflips because oh he learned backflips so early on. Remember, he would just scorpion that bitch and just. Yeah. Oh At my that God, time, he was still doing. It was the contest after that when it shifted over to the third straight yep. that he really started doing the scorpion backflips. But the one that the first one, he was doing these no footer cross handers and that oh, yeah. he was pretty cool. I mean, he did yep. some pretty uh, just pretty like innovative tricks, I, I think. Jody. But He's Jody's awesome. just such a cool guy and obviously he's still active. He's yeah, still out there riding. Still doing it. He's rad. And working Fat house. Yeah, oh, he lived gosh, in the fat yeah. house with Crandall and Kip Williamson oh, and gosh, the yeah. whole group. Oh, I love that. They had a pool table at that house that had, I think, foot and a half tall legs. <laughs> so the whole thing was less than two feet tall, and you had to play pool. pool I was like, man, he had the best mini ramp at that house, too. I learned so many tricks. On pool table on your knees, basically, or playing is. pool on your knees? I don't even remember. I just remember going, like, that's weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this was at the fat house. Oh, my God. That's a, That's amazing. Um, all right, so why don't we why don't we talk about the transition from selling UGP, which, uh, by the way, I think at that point your dad was working with you on UGP. Is that right? My dad, my dad, like had a my my parents were always super supportive from day one. Super cool, always advice, helping me do things, but not. My dad ended up like kind of coming in more more into actually the company about probably in that mid 90s probably okay. yeah. you know and then he was there all the way till he passed away you know so into Sparky's yeah he was he was part of UGP Sparky's and he was there all the way through like when we started Shadow and Sabrosa and everything like that yeah so he was there did you start Sparky's uh, was there an overlap of UGP and Sparky's yeah UGP went for a long time yeah. about 95 we started Sparky's Okay. At the time we started Sparky's, like, Derek, Derek's like one of my really good friends. He was t- just started Little Devil. So I started kind of like trying to mentor, help him, whatnot with like... Derek Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. screen print, how to do his labels, how to make things. So then we started distributing his stuff. Yeah. Then we did, we did, um, Kip's Express Yourself videos. Okay. We did, uh, I, Pete Augustine started the first real stolen bikes. And they never made them. So for Christmas, I made him some t-shirts, gave him some logos. <laughs> And then he was going to be part of Sparky's also, but he, it never came to fruition for him doing so like. And then I actually did a really popular clothing brand from Orlando called Mankind, which now he's Scott Nelson actually went on. Now he's doing he's the creative director or not creative director. He's the the clothing and designer of a brand called Brand Black, which is like a high fashion okay. basketball brand company now. I so see. that was that was our whole distribution company at the moment then you know, which the idea always was right then we knew that we knew in the future we would make other projects so we want to have a hub that can always stay the same as things change evolved and could just keep going so and that's when UGP was sold off and kind of went by no, the way that was 95 or... we sold UGP in 2004 oh so UGP yeah. hung in there for a while yeah after. 19 years we sold on the eve essentially of 20 years wow you know, yeah Okay. You know, so, and with that, you know, like, you know, which we kind of like, um, you know, through there, you know, we did agendas, we did ASRs, we did, we did like Java Center trade shows, right. you know, I mean, right. UGP was the first BMX company to sell into street fashion. 
We sold to Union. We sold to like Urban Alphers. We sold to, you know, we sold to so many really amazing, really really high end stores. I didn't you know, know that. Extra Large. We sold to the Beastie Boys store. Yeah. Well, not really their store, but their, their right, store. Right. Right. You know. Um, yeah, the list goes on actually to all the places we sold at. You know, it's pretty wild. But yeah, in 2004, had an opportunity. These people mm-hmm. from Malaysia, our manufacturer, came to me and said, "Hey, uh-huh. would you be into this?" And I was like, "So I made a pros and cons list. It was really, really difficult." And I kind of, at the end of the day, I knew from studying and I knew you always ran a risk that if you did it, it could go bad. Right. You know, and it did. You know, I've never seen a person that can make more consecutive bad decisions in a row. Yeah. Do it. And I was like, so I was like, okay, I had to make a decision at that moment. I didn't make enough life-changing money. We made enough money off selling it to kind of go into the next phase of our, sure. our, our lives. So right. when I did that, I knew it could go in this direction. Within a few months, I was like, ooh, I can't do anything just for money. Probably should have milked it, but that's not my style. Right. I quit. And at the moment, Shadow was only two years old. And it wasn't making enough money yet to actually be right, right. So that's funny. If you go back and look at the t-shirt designs that came out for Shadow that season, uh-huh. they're the most angry, crazy, crazy shirts. I look back on them, man, I was pretty pissed. So you it, know, so uh, I was like... Yeah, so it reflected on what, was, what it really your feelings did, were. really did, you know. But yeah. honestly, it was, it was the best decision ever to quit and take the risk because we sold it. We had some capital. It made, it made Shadow launch right so, and then it also gave us the capital then to start sub rosa in 2006 mm-hmm. you know so we started sub rosa in 2006 then which then just kept then we have rant we have everything else now that we're going on to also too you know but selling egp that was hard man. i bet it was it was nuts i mean because especially it was on 19th year yeah. you know and and they wanted full controls so only you could sell it you know and i was like uh, i was like yeah okay let's let's go for it you know and i was pretty confident in where shadow could go so there's always that, that little sense of right confidence i guess and with EGP, EGP was me at 16, fairly speaking, and Shadow was me in my late 20s. Sure. You know, so I was like, okay, this is this is more me now, you know, so. And it was fun to actually start a project and have a clue. Right. So having that clue, like I said, being delusional is fun, but having a clue is really fun right. because then you can actually execute on, I, I always say like man, my favorite form of art is the art of execution. Because everyone has a good idea, but very few people actually execute the idea. Right, right. You know, so when you can't execute an idea in a way, that's that's exciting. Yeah. You know I mean, that's like the first it takes thing you guts. Made, you know, it's like it's. Yeah. It, it, it takes guts. It takes a, it takes a little bit to actually, like you said, a lot of people have great ideas, but to actually put it into action and put a little bit of skin in the game is it's a little scary. A lot of people stop right there. I like being scared. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I agree. I I like being a little out of my comfort zone and just being doing something that I wouldn't normally do because how else can I grow? You'll never progress unless you're a little bit scared. You know, yeah. if you're comfortable, you ain't doing shit, man. Pretty you much. Know? It's like and being a little bit scared is is quite fun. That's why BMX is awesome. Yes. If you weren't scared, right. why the hell would you be doing it? You yeah. know what I mean? If you don't feel like you get I get up on the gate, every time I had to race, I'd have to poop. As soon as I got on the gate, as soon as the gate would drop, I wouldn't have to poop anymore. I was like, man, like, why is this? But that sense of having to poop 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weird as a sound, that's fun, you know what I mean? Feel a little bit nervous yeah. and scared yeah. and but I'm never scared at when we're doing a project, I'm never yeah. scared, you know. I mean I worry, yes, mm-hmm. but I'm never scared, you know. Right. It's like right. I, I think I'm I'm confident enough and delusional enough to just go. We'll use your analogy that well, actually it's not an analogy, it's truth. That means the person that's not gonna succeed or doesn't actually shit their pants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into a, a little a little poo's okay. <laughs> so you had going back really full circle, Dingleberry maybe, but <laughs> but not not full not full evacuation. Yeah, a little like yeah, right. you know, still... anyone says they've never shit themselves is lying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> Chad DeGroat, we're on a UGP trip at a Denny's. He shits himself. He goes in the bathroom, right. takes his underwear off, leaves it hanging on the bathroom stall door. And he had Duke underwear in there. I was like, man, Chad DeGroat rules. Man. He, is, he is still as insane as he was the first time oh I ever met him. You know, it's like... Yeah, so at this point, we've kind of moved from like UGP to Flying Circus and then... Actually, kind of like Roots, you know, Roots actually went, Roots was amazing because... And I do want to talk about Roots, so let's yeah. just hit Roots, let's because roots. that's, I think that's really the last part of the previous yeah. part part of your Pretty business much. life. And that's yeah. where Shadow started, was that Roots, etc. So Okay. Yes, yeah, so give me the root. How did Roots even start? I mean, it was, you know, like we were saying, like, you know, we, we used to do the theme booths at all the races. Oh, right, right. that. Then we right. decided to start it outspoken. And after that, I was like, shit, that was, that was pretty cool. Let's... Then we did at USA Bikes on Highway 50 Cloyon near downtown. Oh, okay. The hottest, hottest black asphalt parking lot possible. Yeah, yeah. But it was rad. We had a car and like we had a wall ride. We had all these things and the standard team came out with a, an axe and hacked up the... Yeah, Mikey Aiken was there. Matt Berenger and Mikey Aiken went to every single... They had a few family health issues in it. I think it was one or two each. They were there, second one all the way to the end. I, and that's where like Mikey Aiken wasn't even spawned. I think he might have just got on Bully, maybe. Oh, okay. So, and Matt Berenger and him are, they're, they're the best dudes ever. I, mean, yeah. I love those guys, you know. So, we did USAB and I was like, oh shit. And I kind of like, I was like, okay, this is kind of something. So, yeah. I started doing research and whatnot and ended up talking to the Central Florida Fairgrounds. Yeah. And the guy that ran it was just cool as hell. He gave me a lot of space, let me do it. So we started doing it there, you know, all the way, and we did it for eight years, and we would we did a pro purse, but we would never announce the what the amount of pros purse was. Really, we would never talk about it because, in our opinion, if you're coming here for money, don't come, please. Right, right. You know, because that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Through that, you had legends like Evan Del Rosa to Seth Kimbrough to Dave Mira. We had dudes like Garrett Reynolds and Carl Pointer and all these guys that were super young kids kind of coming up. Did Scotty I go mean, at one point? Scotty Kramer. I picked him up there. Yeah. I saw him ride. He's 15, I think. I saw him ride and I ran as fast as I could around half of the course so I could go talk to him. Right. You know, but the Kramer's awesome people. I love the families. Like Garrett's dad. Everyone's got awesome, you know, like all the dads were there and they were cool as hell and like the families were there and that's what Roots was about, man. It was like, it was actually ended up being an absolute world-class event and dudes from like the Morgan Wades got his kickoff there. When Dave Muir came, that actually really kind of 
he was at his top of his game yeah. and he took the time to come out and just shred the hell out of that place you yeah. know what I mean and that was that was sick you know? and that was at the first or down the road in the it first couple down, no he definitely was not the first no that was again I'm horrible no, like, right. honestly 30 years are literally one year in my mind you know it's like but yeah he he came out I mean honestly like the up and comers the dudes that rule today are the guys that came up there you know mm-hmm. and like we would do I think it was th- 5,000 people would come to Roos we had 300 riders and we do them in three days we do Flatland Park we do AM because it was huge it was really an AM event and the pros were kind of like the icing on the cake we developed systems on how to keep 25 people on we had this crowd system you could go in blah 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 and like we got really good at doing it and kind of keeping the energy high but 300 people each year would, and that was max right. we had timed out this is what we could do this is how we could do it and everything like that and it was it was even skateboard Tampa like Ryan Clements best dude ever he does the border now Ryan Clements is one of the best smartest dudes ever and he would bring out the t- skateboard at Tampa street courts and we'd set that up in there and stuff so we had this wakeboard crew Scott Barley and the wakeboard magazine would come and do free boats on the lake behind it you know and like we ended up renting like huge like 18 wheeler trucks and we'd store all the ramps in it and keep them on these fields and like it was a it was a everyone would donate their time dude Steve Nealon Mark Reina the whole Boston crew man they were the best dudes ever and are the best dudes ever they would come out drive down and work for essentially free you know what I mean like sure it was funny man because these guys from Utah would give us beef jerky and Red Bull gives Red Bull and I remember I would I drank so much Red Bull that I didn't sleep for like two days and I just kept working I went to the bathroom and I shit and it was solid red I thought I I blew a valve I was like oh my god I'm dying oh my god I'm gonna die this is insane I drank so much Red Bull that I stopped creating poop and just <laughs> squirting out Red Bull, man. It was like, I thought I was dying. I was like, oh my God. I thought that, I thought that only happened with beets. Whenever I'm, my wife makes beets a couple days or a day later, I'm like, oh my God, I'm bleeding to death. I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. Oh yeah, I had beets. There was, I was, I was, I was seriously shitting brick. Man. Oh, that's was, so funny. It was so awesome. But yeah, like we'd sleep out there and we'd work yeah, yeah. a week straight. It'd be a year working. Right. You know, and then yeah, it was it was phenomenal, man. I met a lot of really cool people from that, and it was I'm really glad that we were able to achieve that. But on the eighth year, I remember at the end of the event, I looked around, I was like, "This is awesome." Yeah. I'm done. Right. Stop it. Right. While everyone's still keep everyone hungry, is learning when to exit from something is an art. You know, you need to go. Hey, this is really good. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Right. You know, right. and that that's hard. You know, it is it's... hard. Yeah, I never even think about that, but you're right. And, and, and I could think of plenty of situations where people hung on too long. Yeah, it's not knowing when to exit. Mm-hmm. Knowing when to exit a party, you know, like the Irish exit, just leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a time that you. Yeah. You're known that you were there. Leave before right. you become a buffoon. You know right. what I mean? Right. It's like it's right. and the same thing with brands. Same thing with like everything. Yeah. Girls, yeah. whatnot, knowing. You I know, it's like this might make my make my exit uh, tomorrow night a lot easier. Yeah, Irish exit. Just your your your, uh, your advice <laughs> right now is going to get me out of here tomorrow night and on my way back to Connecticut. Right maybe before 10, you drink that instead one more of beer. two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yep, Irish egg. I'm going to call it that, too. I'm going to say, hey, crew, Irish exit time. We're out. Yeah, leave. Don't say bye because it's impossible. You'll add another two hours on your exit. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I've been, so I've been was... criticized for that before. That's for sure. Ooh, I, I, I love I, that. I do say bye and, and I go on. But anyway, that's another story. But that's, so, yeah, so that's good stuff. So you know when to stop. 2002 was at Roots, we decided that we are going to start Shadow. Yeah. So when we started Shadow, we basically went and we already had most of the team picked right you know but we, we still one more guy we wanted to put on the team so we we basically it was Alistair Whitten so we saw we met Alistair we got him in we brought him over and we had this RV we all had a secret little meeting we kind of talked about it and I introduced and showed all the drawings showed all the stuff and we all at this point been talking so it was totally secret knowing we were doing it yeah yeah so we that that day, that night, middle of the night, we snuck out and then stenciled all, all the ransom in weird places, the shadows upon you. But we did it in a way that looked like someone just came out and tagged everything. So then we went around everyone's bikes, when no one was paying attention, we put these little shadows upon you sticker on everyone's bikes. And I, it's, it's so no one knew, everyone's freaking like, what the fuck is this, what's going on? I remember there was a story that Alison told me on the way back, he's driving back with Ty Stuyvesant, yeah. and they're driving back, and I, the, hurt, the story I heard is that Ty was just, he must have been going to a goodie bag, yeah. and pulled out the car, he's like, freaking like what the fuck is this losing his mind like totally like what and Alice was sitting right next to him and couldn't say a word you know it's like but starting like Shadow Maeve was a very early adopter of guerrilla marketing and vile marketing so basically we did that and from that point on I took 40 people and Jay was a part of this this whole thing I did so basically what we did is we took these we did for four to six months basically all leading up to Interbike we, we did little, these Xerox flyers. The only consistent thing was a crow head. Okay. And basically, we wrap it up, put it in. We do like an address from some places. Where I got mine address. from New York. I lived in San Francisco at the time. Oh, I got okay. an envelope marked from New York. Yeah. Did all this creepy but we would, stuff. I sent him some um, <laughs> I had no idea. Best buddies, and I had no idea. And I'm getting it. I'm weirded out. I'm like, what is this weird stuff? I had stickers. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I'm like... But right, see, everything right. we do is we take all the envelopes. I would send them to Atlanta. I'd send them to San. He lives in San Francisco at the time, and then yeah. they would take the envelopes all done up and then put them in the mailbox. Right. And then we get post stamped with like a say a, a New York address, but then post stamped from San Francisco and get mailed to forty people. So I heard Keith Gower was at working at um, Action Wheels. Keith Gower heard thought he was getting stalked and was freaking out because he didn't know what was happening. So every month or whatever it was at the time, we'd mail these things. And at the end of it, like a month or so before Interbike, a box came with all these crow heads. They were limited. There was 40 of them, one of 42 of 40, et cetera. You'd open it up. I personally sat at my house for weeks and hand-sewed these all-black shadows that are shadow puppets. So they had a shadow puppet, and then it came with a flashlight and a manual. And the manual basically said, oh, everyone thought it was a band, they thought it was a video game, they thought it was this, so I said all this, but it never said exactly what it was. Then it gave instructions on how to use the puppet and the flashlight, and then basically essentially said, come to Interbike booth blank and see what this is essentially. You know, so then basically at Interbike, like the following month, we had our full booth, we had, we had an entire range of projects at the time, yeah. had never really been done. Everyone started with an item, mm-hmm. no one really started with an entire brand all at one launch you know so our whole idea was is keep it secret and then launch because it's really easy just to send out a press release and say we're a company but to keep it secret and create energy and then allow others to actually hype up your project for you 
was, and that's where we learned love us or hate us. Right. You know, as I, and that's our, like, okay, cool, man. Like, present things, because even when people hate what you're doing, the beauty of it is they'll talk about it. Right. And the more they talk about it, even if they're talking bad, it doesn't matter, because it's, it's, it's planting seeds in the subconscious. Yeah, yeah. The more subconscious seeds you have, the more you can move forward, you know? Right. It's essentially being boring. Right. It's not part of the game plan, you know? So, so yeah, that was, that was a really interesting, like, time period and a way to launch a brand. Because that still wasn't, the internet was there, but it wasn't, it isn't obviously what it is today, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of like the very unique way, like, shadow started, you know? It's, yeah. And the conspiracy was yeah. all part of that. I mean, just... Shadow Conspiracy was all based on probably the best director ever, Alfred Hitchcock, because Alfred mm-hmm. Hitchcock was amazing. He would show the knife, he would show the blood, he would never show the stabbing. Yeah. And that's the idea of Shadow. Don't totally spell out, let people make their own decision on what it is. Sure. You know? So, and that's that's where the crows came from, that's where everything came from about the whole back-end story of, of Shadow. And we wanted to do Shadow, but we... We, we wanted the name because everyone had really short names. We wanted a really long name, yeah, yeah. you know. We wanted yeah. to be like this, but we knew, we knew everyone would just call it Shadow. Sure, you know. So, so when, wow, that's an amazing story. I I had zero idea that that's the way that all played out. That's it's cool. There's a lot more too to it, but we could go on for days. Oh you know, it's God. like, but it's like, we'll we'll get get into Sabrosa then, which is under the rose or. Yeah. Which, did it also mean something else, or was it primarily no, under the rose? No, really cool. I found I found the name, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is such a cool name!" Mm-hmm. And and the fact that like like when I, Ryan and I were talking about like names like that, it's like to have something that could have a lot of substance, and it means basically you know in the turn of the century type vibe. It's like you know, or actually Latin time period. If a rose is hanging upside down, it meant that the conversation being had is secret. So if there's a rose ever hanging up, that's what it meant. And we're like, that's awesome, man. It's a it's a brand for people in the know, you know. So basically, we're like, man, that's where the the badge with the rose upside down, or the logo with the crest rose thorns is actually a, a, a um a, oh my god, I don't know what brain fart. It's like so these having like these logos with the thorns and then fonts. So everything about the logos and the name has like an actual meaning, okay. you know. And same okay. with shadow. There's actually. It's just not picking trendy names, you know, right. and that's something where, and like our logos will never ever change. They'll right. be this way till the end on purpose, you know, because like we're really into like classics, you know, and stuff, and not changing with like trends. Sure. Obviously, your trend, you got to be with trends. To say you're not with trends is yeah, but that can be within the product, within yeah. the within the company, within the product. Yeah, but line. the base of our brands, like like with Subrosa, it's like Ryan Ryan Sure and I were like, it's it's black and white. That is the base, mm-hmm. you know. And then from there, it was able to evolve, but it has to have a base that can't it can't change because our our fans are super fans, and they they they're a part of what we do because they understand who we are, which is who they are. You know, and then basically, if you're, I hate when brands shift and they're like, "Ooh, it's the hot." Put your logo and fill it with this, or pick this font and do that, or this color. I was like, "No, no, no, no." If you want super fans, then you have to be consistent with who you are because you want people to go. They, you go one step first, ten steps is like a, a theory in in design. Because if you go one step, you can pull people with you. If you go jump to ten steps you lose the people in the process. And with what we do, we always try to take everyone on a consistent progression journey, you know? And that, that's our brands, you know? It's like, we we go on the journey with our worldwide crews. Right. You know, 
man. That's that's when you when you when you become a bar, part of our crew by buying a grip or a stick or a pill or a t-shirt, you're part of our crews and we show play. We go on our world tours and we run to your, your hometown. You come, you hang. You're part of. You understand who we are. You sure. know. I hate brands that are flavors of the month. It's like that's so easy and just and it's it's short term. You know. Right, right. I could go on for days on that. Whole no, but it makes sense it's because like, it's, if you're jumping from that one to ten, like you're saying, then it's like starting new. It's like a new yeah. company altogether. And it makes makes your fans go, well, who are you? Who am I? Why am I here? What's going on? You know, I'm not into this. It's like almost makes you seem like an opportunist and someone that's just kind of adapting so you can sell. Yeah, basically, holding your ground is really important because. If you hold your ground, you always have a path that you cross back again that mm-hmm. people keep following you. Like when we did UGP back in the day, like it was like if you look at the trajectory of the, the 20 years, you know, you would see UGP here, then there was a little devil, which was the most awesome guy to compete with. Hey, my friend, but he's he Derek was so good at what he did, you know, and it was fun. But Derek, Little Devils, you had Jinxes, you had Poor Boys, you had Fox, you had... And then at the end of, you know, you had Two Bs, Plays, you know, like, all these years. And at the end of it, they everyone had a moment in time. But it's the story of the, the, the rabbit, the, the, the hare and the, 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 the hare and the, the tortoise. Right, right. Or the tortoise. Right. I always want to be the tortoise right. because I'm not trying to get there fast. Sure. I'm trying to be there a long time. You know, actually, base too. You, know, you think about base. Oh, base. You know, I mean, honestly, yeah. you know what's insane? I have a picture of this, and this could be the very first ever brand-to-brand collaboration. I think base and UGP might have been the very first ever brand-to-brand collaboration. Really? Yeah. I met Enos in. I met the, the, the base dudes in um, in um, at the ABA Grants. Oh, really? And we I had stickers, and they were they're starting their brand. I had my brand. Yeah. And we sat in the hallway before I could get dyes, oh. and we cut out all this hair. We made such a mess. And I think there might have been like fifteen or twenty of us staying in the two hotels. And we the hotels got so messed up right. with stickers and the bikes and right. We saw across the hall when the doors were open so we snuck in there and switched all our furniture for their furniture and switched it all out and then basically I mean ask Eno about this shit man it is so funny man the guy the security came we all left real fast and he comes in the guy's like no no it's just us he's like you know it's like no it's just me and maybe Richie Poole or someone and he's like well why do you have 20 bikes in here he's like we race a lot we have a lot of bikes you know (laughs) but Eno's Eno's man like the my parents are so cool, man. My parents are amazing. Yeah. And I had Robbie Mraz, Eno's, the Pool Brothers, mm-hmm. like Rob Mig, like everyone from. Rob Hughes, maybe. I don't yeah. think Hughes was there in this one, but they all stayed on. at my house. Yeah, yeah. All at one time. I'm on yeah. food. I'm not, at the end of it, they all like. But oh, Brooks Manbeck was oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, Brooks. I had my VW bus. We're going to go down to Homestead Race. Frankie Klosek too, maybe. What's that? Frankie Klosek too, maybe. No, but was Hollywood that that time might have been there. Orange and blue. And... No, this is this. I still live in my parents' house at this moment. Oh, so okay. This still, is early, early this days. This is this is early. This is like. I got gotcha. you. This might have been eighty nine, ninety. I'm, I'm with you. Somewhere in there, yeah. you know, and like. That's early. And we we we. That's where Brooks 
Brooks got a VW handbook. He was fixing my VW. Yeah. We were in my garage printing base and EGP shirts, and that's where we made the collaborations, and we uh, did all this stuff. And then we went down to Homestead, sold it all, and yeah. came back. And yeah, it was it was awesome, man. I, I love going to Canarsie and hanging out with those dudes, and just Brooks yeah. worked for Southwest, so he could give me tickets for free, and I would go up to New York City and we'd go street ride <sighs> down there, like in that that Banks early early nineties, and it still had that escape from New York feeling of New York City like yeah. riding like homemade DIY parks that were on like the third fourth floor of like abandoned buildings oh, and we okay. these parks and like all all the city parks were like bum refuse like yeah. fire and everything yeah. like it was it was awesome man it was a lot of iconic spots it was sick that yeah. way is for sure yeah so it's like yeah all those dudes but it's, it's interesting because the horse and hair is like this 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 story that like it's 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 when you're in it for the long run it's it's amazing we can pull off, you know right. what I mean, and like and it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's wild. I didn't know that, and I I uh, do have Enos lined up. We're gonna do this. He's gonna be in here a tomorrow. little bit. He'll be here tomorrow, Supposedly. but um, we're waiting because he's got something to announce, Sick. as you may know. Awesome. But he's got something coming up, and uh, he wants to wait until that's announced, awesome. and we'll do it at the same time. So I love those dudes. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good people involved. So it's. That's that's pretty cool. I miss the pool, Mr. Pool, man. Oh, Mr. Pool he was, the, was best. the best motherfucker, man. <laughs> that guy was the best. Oh my he, god! And he would help you with anything because he knew that so many kids were on their own, just out there in the middle of America. Yeah, he was just a sick, with, sick dude. We didn't have credit cards. We didn't have any of that stuff. That's why Wayne and Richie Pool are so awesome. Oh yeah, uh, great guys, man. Oh. It's like, holy shit, it's so fun to like pull some names out of. A, yeah. Of the deep, deep depths of the brain here, man. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all still active and good guys. Yeah. You know, they're around. They're Good definitely way. around. I've, I've run into both of them. Wayne still got the stylish hair. And oh, the yeah. <laughs> Wayne has the guns. He works out and works out till the veins pop out. He's, so awesome. He's he's a, he's a really good guy. But um, so what kind of questions? Uh, you got? Here's yeah. another quick one from back in the old screen printing days, and this is from the Dale Holmes interview of, of uh, John Paul. But yeah. I didn't realize this, but you printed shirts for the POW house. I yeah yeah I, I printed back. all the early SM shirts. We actually designed the 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 whip shirt, mm-hmm. you know, like so we actually designed it, and made that, made all their their tour shirts. We print them and mail them to them uh-huh. on the road, and we did we did all the art for the early POW shirts and plates. But see, that's how we we did UGP by making we screen print for churches and bands and BMS companies, and then it's a long process. You, Print their shirts, get that profit, buy UGP shirts and music clothing, sell that to finally get I got some kind of profit. You know, yeah. it's like it was, but yeah, it was cool, man. Printing shirts for all those guys and doing all the artwork. And but honestly, I thought, like in the late 90s, I thought you actually made it when you, I could stop screen printing. <laughs> but actually, it's such a silly thing. Now, like, I'm like, God, oh, I wish we still did do the screen printing, you know? Right. But we had a full, by the late 90s, we had a full. Full, like 4,000 square foot warehouse of just screen printing equipment and stuff. Yeah, we did everything. Wow. Yeah, but the POWs, man, that was that was that was cool. Yeah, and obviously that was when John Paul was out in California. Yeah. And, you know, in between the back and forth. I mean, Gabe Primer was the first pro I sponsored out of. Orlando. Greg Lantham was the first pro sure. for racing. He got third in the world. Yeah. Love the hero. Love that dude. It. Still yeah. works at Sparkies right now, 20th yeah. year this year. Yeah. Um, 
met him when I was 14, first guy sponsored, but then Dave Clymer, which yeah. he is, that's racing. Yeah. Just sketchy enough, fast as fuck, yeah. never know what's gonna happen, might explode, might win. Chicago Bars. Yeah. <laughs> Dyed hair, those white, black, and purple uniforms from Wheelhouse, or yeah. whatever the team was called, it was on. Pedal Pal, or no, Pedal, uh, Peddlers. Peddlers. Peddlers God, it was. Sick, I love those Yeah, shoes. yeah, those Jay Lonergan was on the same yep. team. Yep, Jay Lonergan, man, he's first year I ever saw wearing bla- a blazer with a t-shirt. <laughs> I was like, man, that's so punk. I was like, man, it was so awesome, man. It's yeah. like, yeah, the climber, man. Like, when I graduated high school, I went out to California and stayed for the whole summer. And Dave Climber had the brown Astro van that he had forever. He had this tea jar that was the nastiest, nasty tea jar in the middle. But that's another story. But it's like, <laughs> he, he took John Paul and I to every spot in California. Like, we went everywhere. That guy was the best, man. Like... Yeah, so POWs. Granted, POW house got a little weird towards yeah. that end. I stopped right. going there when they had gigantic dildos and carpet on top of carpet, and <laughs> people were living on the ranch. It was it was gross, gross. Before I remember they moved. Groover or... was laying on the couch. I remember he's sleeping, and I remember coming back in, and someone took the gigantic dildo and had it laying on his face. And <laughs> <laughs> I sit down, I was like. I'm not staying here oh anymore. I was like, man. Oh, I actually said before they moved, but they were actually pros of Huntington Beach before they well, moved that was to the POW. On 13th Street, that's the house we stayed for the whole summer. Yeah, I got you. That's the first time I ever got really, really drunk. And I remember I threw up so much yeah. on the sidewalk. I went back a year or so later, and there still was spaghetti in the crack, and it stained it. Uh. <laughs> like, I was like, man, that's amazing, man. That's, that's it's serious. like... That's... <laughs> I mean, Kim Boyle, Alan Bosser, John Paul, oh my god, they got me so drunk, oh, man. man. It was, never ever got that, never really been drunk till that moment, right, you know? Right. I uh-huh. threw up everywhere, man. It was, <laughs> that house was so crazy, man. Like, Chris, no one would take the garbage out, and it got seriously over six foot tall, and it was called Molar Mountain. <laughs> so, Molar, Chris Molar lived there, Bill Grad, John Paul, um, Paul Green. Um, Richie Perch, this guy, Richie Perch, don't even know who he was. He would just show up and he would sit like a bird on the edge of the couch and not uh-huh. say a word. It was a while and no one knew who he was. Was but Salami he, in there too? Salami, no, I think he, he was, I think he was after, I okay. think, if right. I remember right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember John Paul got, got so mad at Paul Green, they were fighting, yeah. and Paul Green is in the back of the house and he opens up the door and John was like, ah, takes his deodorant, like, hucks it. Goes through the living room, through the kitchen. <laughs> Paul Green ducks. It goes through his bedroom and out the back window. Oh my gosh! They would never wow. take the garbage out, so basically they would just go out and steal the neighbor's garbage can and switch the garbage out for that. And the neighbor behind got so mad that he wrote a threatening letter with red ink on the door. The entire door was a letter written saying, "If you touch my garbage can again, I'm going to kill you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I love that time period. That was 1989. Yeah. It was the, I was out there when the phone call came in, four mm-hmm. cell phones came in, and yeah. it was maybe Gork calling John Paul. He's like, the magazine's done. You know, so yeah. I ended up getting a couple. Somehow that trip, they threw away all the photos in the garbage can. That Everything amazes I thought away. me. And I didn't personally go into garbage camp, but somehow I ended up with two really cool photos of Moeller, black yeah. and white photos that yeah. I have. I think... I think Spike shot them, you know, or really? Wind, maybe Wendy, maybe Wendy shot those. To yeah, this, it was, to this day, that amazes me that that's how that went down. I can't believe it either. But 
Yeah, I guess when you're done, you're done. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird to me. I wouldn't do it, but right. I'm probably right. more sentimental. Right. Well, <laughs> I, and yeah, you were talking about appreciating the history. Obviously, yeah, it's not something you would toss, but. Um, no, but that, that was a cool time period, man. That was that was exciting. Everything was everything was new and everything was shocking. Yeah. Like I remember getting off the airplane, I'm going down the stairs and Moeller's sitting on skateboard under the stairs. We get in Moeller's BW bus and it's like going down, I'm like, Oh my god, Crenshaw, there's El El Segundo, lost my wallet in El Segundo, you know. I'm like, Oh my god, like chips. Every time I turned the corner, I was like, I saw that on chips. No way, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is so insane. You're like, you know, we went to this one party one time and we show up, we get in line, it's Spike and Andy and Blood and Lou. We go into this party next thing you know, it's like Parker Lewis can't lose, the staff's there. Ian from Anthrax was there. I wow. go around, Greg from Bad Religion, Circle Jerks was there. And I'm like, this is this is one bar we went into. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, holy shit, man, Hollywood, you That's know. That's insane. Like, just insane. It's wow. like, but you didn't want to stay, huh? I, I almost moved to California twice, but it, it's just yeah. so expensive. Yeah. And I like Florida. I like the right. kind of, it's sure. cheap here and it's lawless. Right. You can kind of do anything you want. And yeah. I like that people hate it. I've noticed that here. <laughs> more people that hate Florida be less people that move here and it keeps it cheap. So sure. we're really into people hating it. Right, you know? right. The like, more you hate it, the better, <laughs> man. It's like, just don't like it, you know? It's like, it's, you know, but California's so crazy, man, that like, I got to go on this trip one time, and my buddy ended up meeting Wesley Snipes. Oh. So we ended, up going to, we ended up going to his house, and it was the craziest. I'm at his house. Yeah. I smoke weed oh. with Wesley Snipes at his house. He starts doing kung fu, and he's talking. He's the coolest dude ever. Buys us food, brings it in. He's like, hey, man, I'd try. He's like, come back. I'm on 4th July party. Come back to my house. I'm like, I'm with, like, Herb, and I'm with John Paul. And someone's like, like, okay. We go back to his house. He comes out of the gate, lets us in. We go in. I walk in the door. John Singleton. I walk around the corner. There's the Soul Glow dude from Coming to America. I walk around the corner. Heavy D. I walk around the corner. I'm like, oh my God. The the girls from um that God, one girl singing group. They're there. Dude, honestly, swear to God, the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. I'm geeking out. Next thing you know, I get on Wesley's home phone. For some, I'm calling everyone I know all over the place. I called, I called my parents. I called everyone, all my friends' houses. I'm like eating fried chicken. I'm like, you would not believe where I'm at right now. I'm like, I'm like, this is so insane. Getting so drunk, hanging out in Hollywood Hills. I was like, but we'd never made it there. Honestly, I think about this all the time. Yeah. The reason this story is even semi-relevant is because. BMX brought us to that point, right. you know, and I was right. like, oh my god, it was so cool, you know, it's like, California's amazing, but it's, it's yeah. expensive. Oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, it's, it's really expensive. It, it all makes it. sense, now that you explain it that way, it makes perfect sense. BMX, and you can always you go love. visit, you can always go visit. Oh, I go all the time, <laughs> and I love it, man, I do, yeah. I do in one week what people do in six months when I'm out there, and, right. and because of all the journeys, I know people from graphic design fashion skate surf you know yeah. like you know just just production it's like fun i get to go out there and hang out with just so many different kinds of right. people you know it's just it's really cool but honestly all that is because of buying that that late late 80s or late 70s mongoose you know yeah. i would have bought that mongoose in seventh grade right who knows what would have ever happened you right. know right you know it might have never happened Right. You know, and all these people that we've spoken of are a fraction of 
the amazing people that you've been able to cross paths with. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, my first trip to Japan was paid by the Yakuza. Really? It was insane. These guys came to Florida. Mino and Mongo. Mino owned a store called Sperm. Amazing uh -huh. dude. His buddy, Mongo, or Mongo owned Sperm. That was his store. Wait a minute. Isn't the Makuza the Japanese mafia? Mafia. All right. So, I mean, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. I knew that. Mino was a low-level Yakuza. I didn't know this at all when he was in Florida. I was mm -hmm. like, hey, Mongo's my boy. We're right. cool. Right. If Mino's here, yes, we're in. You know, so yeah. I'm like, cool, let's do this. Jay Harvey, I just moved out of my house. I'm about to buy a house. I'm sleeping on Jay Harvey's floor. So next thing I'm like, hey, Jay, do you mind? So he brought these guys over. Takashi. Dude, yeah, you know Takashi, Takashi. Mongo, yeah, Mongo, Mongo, like, so we had the most phenomenal time, the whole time there, yeah. Mino kept saying, hey, man, like, he couldn't speak English, but he's saying yeah. through Mongo, he's like, yeah. I'm going to buy a ticket, I'm going to buy a ticket, blah, blah, like, yeah, whatever, 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 right, X period later, ticket comes, we go to Japan, wow. went for a contest, went hung out, it was awesome, man, like, we're having the best time ever, yeah, like, it was so crazy. So we go out one night and we're yeah. cruising to the city. We're having we go to this party. We're like, awesome. We're coming out of the parking garage. And then I, he bumps into this car. I'm like, oh my God. It's him, his, his girl, me, and Jared Fox in the back seat. I was like, oh my God. He gets out. Next thing you know, he starts yelling at the guy. Next thing he pushes this guy. I'm like, oh my God. This is crazy. Next thing you know, the cops come. He pushes the cops. This is like the, the 90s. So he has a long ponytail, all this kind of stuff. Next thing you know, they grab my his ponytail, they bring him to the police station, they throw him in, we're looking in the window, it's like, oh my God, they're beating him up. And 15 minutes, he comes out, gets in the car, we drive home. But we go back to his house, instead of taking us back to our hotel, I think it's pretty much a trip, and so he brings us back to his house. Yeah. We go to his house, we sleep, I wake up in the morning, he buys his underwear, a shirt, and a toothbrush. And out of Japanese culture, it's all about respect, whatnot, right. I'm like, oh my God, I put this shirt on, it, it might have been made for a nine-year-old boy. I put it on. I put it on. I had to. I'm like so like tight. I'm like, oh my god. We get in this car. We leave. We're driving through all these back little roads, whatnot. Like going through it. We stop at these like, old art wood doors. He opens it up. I see him go in there. He grabs an a big envelope. Comes to get the car. Six in this girl's purse. And we go off. I'm like, this motherfucker's doing yakuza runs with us in the car. I'm like, oh my god. We go back years later, and he moves up. Yeah. He owns all these very intriguing businesses in yeah. there. Again, point being is like it's funny how right. BMX brings you through the most bizarro. Especially you. Oh man, if we <laughs> me, I could go on, man. Most of my stories are probably way too X-rated for. <laughs> I'll start. A, I'll start a separate podcast for those. Yeah, a whole like separate the, one. Yeah, but it's but the cool thing is is that yeah. you know. Even though I don't, I don't, I do not um, condone stealing or sure. anything or even criminal behavior. Yeah. But I also don't judge. Right. You know, so right. you travel, you do things. I'm kind of guy like, hey, travel, put the food on, I'll eat it. Right. Hey, you're gonna go here. I'm not gonna complain. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I right. love the weirder it gets. Right. Right. Quite honestly, the better it yeah. is. Just because yeah. you, and if you're a little nervous. Right. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Know, it's like, yeah. So, yeah. Didn't expect this podcast to go here, but. <laughs> That's what I love. 
This is exactly what it's supposed to do. If we stayed by the script, it wouldn't be very interesting, believe me. Believe me, this you can you can you can fact check a lot of these stories through a lot of the guys I'm sure you're gonna be like talking to, you know. Oh, like, yeah, yeah <laughs> like no, John Paul's got a lot of embarrassing stories. I don't know if I have enough room on my phone for John Paul. Man, there, no, he there may, there may not be. He's not afraid to talk. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> I love that dude. It's, uh, I can't wait to see him because it's it's been a long time since I've seen him for sure. But uh, but you know, fun. man, it's BMX, man. Mm-hmm. Don't take it too seriously and don't mm-hmm. take yourself too seriously, right? right? And that's really what it is. That's what Swamp Fest is about. This right. is like, don't. Trey Jones, I don't know if he owns a tape measure. You know, <laughs> close enough has been the theme of. Hey, man, it's close enough. There's, you know, it's like there's no way there's a tape measure used on. But there's not there. an event right now that's based on right. just be you, yeah. come have a great time, right? Just hang out. You know what I mean? It's 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 awesome. You know, and like I mean, talking to you, you know, hanging out the Connecticut crew, you know, Ted Nelson's, you know, I mean, Jeff Allen was in Connecticut, right? Jeff Allen's no, like he's Connecticut. Okay, yeah, Jeff we Allen, pretended to be from. We pretended to be from Long Island. So I always he, thought he was. I thought he was on the. I'm like, it's like it's actually seriously and we're really good friends he he hung out there a lot yeah a lot so he was really tight with the long island guys because we didn't have a really strong scene so we would go to long island a lot and Harford. he stayed he was really close to ronnie gaska oh yeah guys like that. so he would hang with at the pools yeah so he would hang between you know brooklyn long island um i guess we're talking more maybe the bronx with the pools but um but anyway our scene yeah, so not a not a lot of guys from Connecticut. Most of the guys from Connecticut that you would know were racer guys like yeah. Mike Savage, yeah, Darren Waterbury, Savage, people yeah. like that. Totally. So, um, but I'll jump to a, yeah, a company okay. question real quick here because I had one here about um, market competitors. Yeah. Uh, which ones do you respect? Uh, and the reason I asked that is because you seem to be respected by so many. Are there a couple that? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but are there a couple companies that really stick out as competitors that you really feel like, you know what, they're doing it right? Well, first off, I respect anyone that does them. Mm -hmm. If you do you and you do it well, I I have mad respect. But honestly, when you think about people that you respect, I mean, it's like Stu Dawkins. I mean, he kind of... I don't want to say he created the, the, the British scene, but he threw backyard jams, always giving back. Those I mean, Stu Dawkins is someone that's like, now he does Federal, he's part of Tall Order with Baz, you know, like oh, okay. he does 70s, you know, I mean, okay. he's, he's a great guy. I'm Chris Moeller, you know, sure. it's like, I mean, you know, Animal, you know, I mean, even like oh. Nuno and, and Jim and everyone at Odyssey, yeah. you know, I mean, Rich Hirsch, you know, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. um, I mean, Zach at Blackout, you know, mm-hmm. with King. Um, you know, I mean, you think about Christoph from Mankind Uni up Germany. I mean, you think about Harry from We The People. You know, it's yeah. like, these are all great. These are all my friends. I'm you always know? thinking stateside, but yeah, that's, that's, you're talking international, and that's, that's good. I mean, but there's so many people to say, like, to pick, like, one or pick something. Oh, no, like, yeah, it's, I it's just... so, Or even, like, to even say to exclude anyone, it's, like, hard, too, you oh, know. Sure, but sure. there's guys that do this for the right reasons, and they do a really good job. And you know how they try to present BMX as a way that will help it move forward in their, in their own way, you know right. I mean? All, a lot of those guys I just mentioned, I really respect a lot of those guys because they do their own thing. You yeah. know, and all of them guys have done it for a long time and they're still current today. 
That's a perfect answer and not one that I expected. Of course, getting to talk to you more, I, I expect it at this point in the interview for sure because I, I understand more of your thought process. But that's your tent, though, Ryan? That answer makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, and I think that's. I'm fair. probably forgetting someone there. There's a lot of really great oh, dudes I've met over yeah. all these years that are awesome, you know, and it's like, it's. And I think this, this part of BMX, I think that's more possible than. Let's say, let's say racing, and it's not to knock racing at all, but racing seems to have an identity problem. And well, when they, you saw it happen, man. Because I remember talking to, um, I forget who the the the, um, the marketing director was at the time. But I was on the phone with them as before Clips really took over. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, he's telling about how they they contacted Shimano. They're like, hey, man, why don't you put some money in? They're like. Essentially, what they told him was like, why? Everyone buys our shoes anyways. Yeah. If I was him, I would have got on my desk, I would have gone around the corner and banned clips right then. If they would have done that, shoes sponsors would have stayed in, and Steez would have stayed, and the X of BMX would have stayed in it. You know what I mean? It's cycling now on dirt, you know? And no offense, I love racing. I love, but it's not, it's it's cycling. And honestly, when when Clips came in, you have to buy $300 shoes and $300 pedals or whatever it is. The middle class aspect of racing where you could show up on your bike with a long sleeve t-shirt and a pro tag, you're like, you can race. And then you can go ride the trails and do all stuff with one bike. Yeah. The way bikes are now, it's like, it, I don't know how a single mom can afford taking little Johnny to the track. And honestly, they should seriously, I mean, unfortunately, now we're a couple generations in with people running clips. They're not going anywhere. It's there. But it's prime time for someone to step up and start a new league or a sub-league with the USA BMX because B.A. Anderson's awesome. I love that guy. And if he would just take one more step in his other direction, racing could get back to a place because who doesn't love? Yes. I, I mean elbows Todd Lyons like yeah jumping and getting squirrely going into a berm and sticking your foot out and like just blocking someone or just jumping you know what I mean all the way back to Dave Clymer I mean the personalities yes there is none they don't want uniforms like this and that and I like you know I like cool stuff I mean I like nice bikes I like cool paint jobs but I don't like the um BMX should be affordable and it should be a bike that you can use all over the place and that's how I look at things and that's why I think it's time for racing to evolve. Right. You know, it can the racing that's there now can stay too, but it'd be nice to have like a, a sub because in freestyle there's all kinds of different levels. You have the Olympic style park riding, sure. which is completely different right. than say the stuff that Mark Burnett and Simone do. You know what I mean? Like that not it's essentially the same bike, and we can all go to the same party, right. but it's not the same neighborhood. Sure. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. and that's, and that's, that's, out, that's honestly the beauty of. We shouldn't be creating a, a fleet of sheeps. You know, we want everyone to be diverse and unique. But with racing, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's unfortunately, and no disrespect, it's it's really sheepish. It's very, it very boring. Yeah, I and I, I still go. I'm like Greg. I'll. I'll I'll race once a week. I'll I'll support it, but the reason I'm doing it is not because I particularly like where it's at right now. It's just I want to want to do my part to make sure it doesn't go away yeah. until someone figures it out. Yep. So I'm, I'm just pitch, pitching in while I you know while I can to, to just because everyone needs to do their part like yeah. Greg does and like I do. And just 
until someone takes the ball by the horns, like you're saying, and just... Honestly, I'd love to see some of those current racers being like, hey, man, don't always make it like an, an old guy thing that's reminiscing. Because honestly, right. the past is the past. It's gone. It's not coming that back. That stuff drives me nuts. There's no but, point. Yeah. But if essentially the idea is if it's incorrect, there could be another version that's now make now cool you know right. like change it you know right. like make right. tracks and basketball courts make tracks that can be indoor make things that can be set like a certain size you know and say hey man this can be replicated in every single city in a way that's like completely plausible you know what right. i mean right. that can make have beer have gambling do whatever <laughs> put it all in man make it exciting man make these guys superstars with crazy personalities and bring it back to the thing that you will. I'm going to T-bone you. I'm going to put you over the berm. We're boys. I'll buy you the beer with my winnings afterwards. Right, you know what I mean? Right, but it's like, right. do that. That's exciting. That's fun. You and have know, a contest like, in the middle of it all. Like, like we, you did. Yeah. You know, same idea. Dude, you make it all complete entertainment. Have hot chicks everywhere. People? You know what I mean? Beer, hot chicks, gambling. Do you know how many it's people like that's used racing. to hang out in the, and watch the the contest at Columbus where in the early 90s where you know you obviously had all the the seats above yeah. so in the mezzanine everyone's just looking down at the stupid table top. it was just a mounded yeah dirt, wasn't it a good jump you know what it was mean? the it's worst like, jump you yeah, could yeah, possibly yeah, yeah. but there were no better good. jumps to have it on so that's what we had on yeah you said you use what you had but it was something in between the racing yeah. so it, it just made it a whole package. How funny is that freestyle was the sideshow to racing, yes. and now racing is essentially the sideshow of freestyle, man. You know, it's like I'm, I'm gonna ask you something. Yeah, go for one, it. One of my last questions, and I'll hit okay. you with a couple uh, Instagram awesome. questions um, from some people you know. But um, it, this hits on on uh, the reversal of freestyle on BMX because to me, it's so much in the social media aspect, and I was gonna ask you how important it is when you select team riders how um, how do I word it basically do you, do you base it on how strong their social media presence is their ability to convey with their their riding style through social media because that's such a strong format now <laughs> well you know what I mean we never pick up anyone because of social media right, but right. really when you come down to a rider it's 50% steez it's 50% skill if anyone is outweighing the other it's not interesting because you can have all the skill in the world but if you're gross who cares you know what I mean but so your steez can't be higher than your skill your skill can't be higher than your steez sure that all transcends also into social media, which if you have the balance and you have the right steez, then your social media is very interesting and it connects with your fans. If it connects with your fans, your social media grows. As it grows, you can then engage with your fans. Engagement is the key for us. Everything we do is about engaging. It's physical and virtual. If you don't have a balance between the physical world and the virtual world, then you don't really have a connection. If you don't have a connection, you're not really adding anything to the field, the playing gotcha. field, you know what I mean? And that's and that ties into everything we do. You know, a rider, an employee, a fact it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like everything you do has to be within the same, you know, and, and a pro rider is no different than a brand. There's no difference. The trials and tribulations you go as a rider are exactly the same paths and steps you take as a brand. You know, and it's like and that doesn't you should never be fake, you should never be false, you should never you, if you're doing your social media only to get likes and engage and, and, and getting new follower, well, 
what about the people who already follow you? They're more important than the next new like or new follower because if you get these people behind you, now you've got an army, you know? And like, and so our guys all have heavy steeds, all have heavy skills, and they're all extremely nice people. Any one of our team dudes, I guarantee you, if you meet on the streets, you say hi to them, they will stop, talk to you, they will learn your name, they will do it all, and that's, it's kind of like, I think it's kind of the southern aspect too of us at Sparky's is everyone at Sparky's is really laid back and really nice also. So if you're high, strung, a little crazy too, uh, you're not going to work very well in our group, you know. Oh, thanks, man. You know, so so yeah, social media is wickedly important, but it's not a defining decision, you know. Again, this is great because I didn't think about it that way. I was almost putting the cart before the horse because, you know, you're saying... The balances of the balances of, of the two are what make it work. It would develop the social media presence. But that's yeah. our philosophy. Others mm-hmm. go for writers. They have high follow counts. I've seen they that, do this yeah. stuff. But you know what? That's short term. It is. You know, and like, and usually it's artificial. Yeah. Yeah. I like our guys because they actually. They yeah. talk to the dudes that follow and the girls that follow, all the people that follow. Sure. You know what I mean? They're really engaged. So yeah, social media is super important, man. I mean, we're we're into like we're an early adopter. We really, I mean, we our crew, we develop content. We're we're essentially now a media company. We have in-house journalists, we have photographers, we have videographers. You know, we we create our content. We 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 have set schedules. We plan. We create everything for it. I mean, we're really, really, really. So you're, you're, right. you're kind of assisting these team riders. Not kind of. You're assisting these team riders. You know, to to put out content. That well, we do our own. They all do theirs. But oh, they do. Okay. What our job is essentially is like we're never going to be our riders' biggest sponsor. I want to be, and I will absolutely try to be. Right. Really, what we can do is we become their marketing platform that I hope they can get a drink sponsor, some shoe sponsors. Because honestly, shoes are where, and 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 sugar water, that's where they, have, yeah. they make real money. Right. So we can get right. that, and that those don't affect who you are. To me, I always say is like a rider is really based on what core brands they ride on, ride sure. for, and then basically through that you should if you if you have people like us at Sparky's behind a rider A. Our goal is to make them look amazing. Never make them look like douchebags. You know what I mean? So basically, as we do this, that helps bring value to them, and that's our job. That's our job, essentially, in all of this. And if we do our job, and they do their job, we all keep moving forward. You know, it's like, and that's fun. That's super fun. You know, it's like... Makes good sense. I like it. You want to hit some Instagram questions? Yeah, do it. All right. Well, we kind of touched on this, but um, Greg Dixon, he asked, how, is it, how was it cutting plates? Um, did, you and I talked about that. Man, that was, a lot of calluses. Oh, and I know that. Fingertips were sore. It was rad. When I met this guy, his name was Jeff, and he was a die cutter, and I ended up being able to get dies made, and then he ended up passing away, and I'm buying his die cutting machine, and then we ended up bringing that in, and Greg Landor became our die cutter. You know, and that was that was pretty awesome. But yeah, cutting plates yeah. in the beginning, because I found plastic. I was saying the tin, the plastic, and really sharp scissors. I still and can't believe the tin. That, that, yeah, that's that was so cool. Was but it, but it's, up, but I had no clue. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty cool part of the history because I went and found sheets of four by eight poly. 
Yeah. And it was just thick enough. Oh, it was probably a sixteenth, maybe a hair more. But it was perfect. It was milky white plastic, yeah, really easy to cut. That's what I used. Oh, yep, yep. I never would have thought of using tin. Well, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> but it just shows... But like, you had to find some flat stock. It just, that it was, like, hey, that was go, 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 and then there it is. Right, you right. Know? But yeah, it was cool in other blades. Because I, I ended up like, I had a... Um, Dave Chad screen printing is a guy I found that mm-hmm. printed all my plates mm-hmm. and became a good friend and he ended up teaching me how to print mm-hmm. plastics. So then I ended up buying all my own shit, getting yeah. a drying rack, getting all that stuff, and I'd start doing all our banners, all that stuff ourselves. So oh, so yeah, die cutting man, we still have the machine, man. It is yeah. the most scary motherfucking thing you've ever seen, man. There's no you it's in, out, in, out, in, right, out, right, right, in, right. Out. You're like, man, I I was like, Greg, you're doing I'm not touching that thing. Oh, you man. know what? The question's going to come out, and this is pretty important. Uh, would, do you have an idea of how many how many plates you were making a year in your prime? No clue. We just, I don't even know how many t-shirts we've made. I yeah. have no clue. Well, you know, that's always tough because knowing uh, some of Mike Rodriguez's history, Sometimes you have a contract yeah. with the NBL. Mm-hmm. Maybe the next year you don't. Yep. You know, or maybe Dino has it. Or you know, yeah, it, yeah. so maybe one year you did thousands, and the next year maybe I mean, you just was, did eight thousand. Thousands and thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands. Yes. Yeah. yeah, thousands upon thousands yeah. for sure. I mean, I mean hell, before I even graduated high I school, I printed Michigan, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Florida. Indiana state plates yeah. while I was in high school. And that's you know, back that's... when the classes were, they would do top 10 in every class. I mean, Florida alone, man. Like Alice Pixler, I love that woman. She yeah. gave me my first chance. None of those people would trust me. Mm-hmm. She trusted me. She said, go for it. I made the plates. I killed it. Did it. They were like, it was like 1,200 riders, 1,200 plates, I think, yeah. each time we did them. And we did right. them forever until I sold the company. We yeah. were doing the state plates. I almost want to keep doing plates just because I loved Right. Being part of it all, you know, it's like right. I have huge respect for people that have done it, but um, here's a good one. There's a uh, you know Cody Diggs, right? Oh yeah. Uh, the guy that digs with him, Seth Medeiros. This is a really good question. Who is the best rider to watch currently not riding for your brand? Who do you like watching the most that doesn't currently ride for your brand? Well, Garrett Reynolds is the goat. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. He is the best rider pretty much ever. You yeah. Know? It's hard because I'm so emotionally attached to my crew. But I understand. Garrett is. It's not a setup. It's just appreciating Alex, other riding. Alex D from BSD is amazing, man. Like, yeah. He is so creative. He's so good. Um, let me think here. Reed Stark's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so many. But yeah, yeah. yeah if cool. I had to pick one, it'd be Garrett Reynolds. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. He's, I love it. Uh, let's see. Evan Smedley. We could rapid fire right through these. Yeah, go for it. Not that I'm in a rush, but uh, Evan Smedley, he's a guy from Harrisburg, real nice guy. He said, will there, will there ever be another run of UGB? If so, will, the, or will pants and shirts be part of it? Whatever happened to UGP after you sold it? I think we kind of touched on it, but yeah, I, they, I, I missed they what... Just, they ran it into the ground, which is really unfortunate. And so like, it's done. It's, it's still in business, because actually, a, like a year ago, I went to my trademark attorney. I was like, hey, man, what if I could just buy the trademarks? Maybe they didn't renew them. I was going to buy them all, but they actually renewed them. They did. So I don't know what they're doing. I wish oh, they would wow. come to me right now. 
and say, hey, let's relaunch this together. Sure. And do this, you know, mm-hmm. and just give me total control. Mm-hmm. Then I would be, I would be into doing that. You know, it's funny. We were, we were one of the very first brands to go to, to do the cargo pant cargo short thing and the camp caps. And we were one of the first brands to find this company called Rothko, which Colt uses. Everyone uses Rothko still today. And it's it's all we that's where we buy the pants from in the beginning and then sew patches on and like God, we sold thousands of those BDU pants. You know, we sold so many of those things, you know, and everyone used them. And then we made our own with they were like our jeans and pants were like indestructible. People keep sending me like pictures on Instagram but like I still got this like I made a joke to someone today I was like man I should have charged more for that man. Yeah, right, you're right. still using it I'm right. like man it's like it's you know but yeah I mean, if, 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 if they would come to me and say yes mm-hmm. I would totally do something yeah. because right now is a really good time for it and I think when we when this book that we're working on comes out it'll it's going to show things that people have never seen before sure. from EGP so yeah. it'll it'll be cool you know that's a it's an important part of that time period for me, you know. It's like, yeah, and a lot of people appreciate it. And you said it, your your mention of the the perfect timing is is true because obviously there's such a resurgence of guys, you know, my age. Jay's a little bit younger, but we're all you know, forties and up. Yeah. And, and there's a huge interest in in preserving that. You know, you get these memories. Well, it's interesting because the thing that's happening right now. This is the first window in time that. Moms and dads are at the same, the right age and health, and their kids that everyone can ride together. Yes, it's never happened. Our parents weren't; they weren't in. They might try, like your parents raced a little bit. I, you know, I got tried. a state plate before. Yeah, I did. you know, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh yeah, so Jacksonville can... state race. He oh. went up there and got like number eight zero nine plate. And I'm just he's walking it. We're all walking out to the car at the end of the day, and it's like, dad's walking out with a plate. And I'm the BMX <laughs> I'm like, man. Let's go on vacation. Oh, it's a cool time, though, and that's why I think things like huge people and I could have a place at the moment. You yeah. know, it's like, right. Yeah, but who knows? You never yeah. know, man. Hey, cool. I got some samples I'm going to be selling here soon from the very beginning, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The plates, right? Well, I got plates. I got I got first-round jackets and shirts and all kinds yeah. of stuff. I'm going to put it all on eBay and just cool hey people it. should watch for it's it like, because i got enough like when you, if you ever get a chance to come by our office you know we have a yeah. really cool historical aspect so all things that are like really important to me mm-hmm. not getting rid of that obviously you know so that's gone all over the place and, sure. in our building and, right. and all that one day i'm gonna do like an instagram and start just yeah posting all this stuff i posted some stuff like a few months ago and i started cracking open the, the archives it was so insane because i have i have all the films like the hyper egp number plates i have the films i have the original prints i've got block rich Barlow's block that his very first i taught rich how to print oh, in my garage you did, you did riches i did his very very first things and i taught him how to print and he went back and started block alternative yeah, yeah, yeah. as our screen printing company. and that's rich about it. he's which is awesome. So oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, but like we, I just are going through all this stuff. And I, I, I have like all my original Shepard Ferry. Um, because when I met Shepard in the streets of New York City. Okay. And then we became good acquaintances. Not buddies, but good right. acquaintances. I ended up making all his original hats for Giant. While he still was at school at RISD in Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. So I made all his hats. I found all the, the embroidery tape, the schematics. I got the first print out. I actually framed them and put them in my house. I was like... Wow. So, so, but yeah, so we did, we, like, it, dude, like, these boxes, yeah. like, yeah. all the very original Kurt Schmidt laid out graphics of the first STA graphics, 
I have all the films, the original prints of them all. I have all like the the films like the original cock S and M design. I have the original um, bondage women films. All this stuff. It's it's really cool. We're going through it like holy. It took us. It took us like seriously almost. There's two different scenarios. We went through the three three boxes. Took us almost eight hours to go through. And then we went through my sticker collection because I've kept all of every zine I've ever gotten in a box. I kept all my stickers. Yeah. Trey Jones, Jabe, and I sat for almost ten hours, I think, going through stickers. Oh my it was insane, man! It was so awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. So what else you got? That's awesome. Uh, also, Evan Smithley wants to know what got you into the helmet game. Companies have done pads and gloves in the past, but that's usually where it stopped, in his opinion. Well, we took a different approach with Shadow's riding gear. We don't call it safety gear, because to me, we're not trying to create safety. We're trying to prolong the ride. So we actually kind of took a different approach with like our Invisalign pads or Super Slims or whatnot. Is We want people to wear pads, but we don't want you to look like a hot dog in your pants you know what I mean you get that little blood it's like it's really really gross I want pads because really our goal is to go after people who don't want to wear pads right so that's a way bigger market than that so with helmets we want to make a helmet that fit like an old classic helmet and that was hard like honestly our new featherlight helmet was absolutely the hardest project we've ever done even harder than our interlock chain because it's subjective the subjective aspect of making a helmet is one guy, like Jay might say it's great, Joe, you might say this is terrible. Right. You know, but actually making a helmet that fits like a Bucky, but is CPSC approved, is Australian approved, it's CE approved, and it's light as fuck, man. Like you don't even think you have it on. So with helmets, we we feel that it sucks that not wearing pads is cool. And I get it. I don't wanna wear pads either, you know what I mean? But not being able to ride is way, way lame. You know what I mean? I want to ride. You know, I know everyone around us rides. So our idea is like how to keep prolonged a ride. So we wanted to get into helmets. We wanted to make helmets forever, and we had to sure. study and learn how to do it and how to make things that could actually be safe. But it's kind of like the Shadow Riding Gear collection really is about making pads for people who don't want pads and design them so you actually look good. You don't look like a moron. You know what I mean? Because last thing you want to go to the park, go to the spot, look like you're all geared up. Uh, you know, because yeah. then that says expectations. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> this guy's going big. He's <laughs> going like, big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't want to set expectations. I just want to have a good time. You know, it's like. Or, like his, a, or his parents are watching from outside the fence. Like, you know what, man? Your parents there too. It's cool, man. Like, hey, our number one customers in BMX industry are moms. Oh, of course. You know, so hey, man, it's like cool. So if we can make something that little Johnny looks cool and. and Hot yeah. mom's cool. It's like, right. it's all good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's the whole... Yeah, yeah we we want to do it because we want to make it look good and make it safe. Right. You know what I mean? So you can prolong the ride. So, yeah. yeah. So getting the helmets, it was hard, man. It's still hard. Helmets oh, are... I can Helmets imagine. are gnarly and wickedly, wickedly expensive. I mean, just a rapid prototype. I think we went through, like, almost six of them, which is just massive. Just... And you're, you're shaving fractions of a millimeter off a helmet we're probably putting bondo on and like on a rapid prototype just because you could tell the weird space that makes your head not look totally right and it was it took us a couple of years to finish the, the feather light helmet it was it was crazy wow it was cool I, I, I'm, I'm really proud of that helmet it's it's, it's an awesome awesome yeah. product that's you know, great 
All right, let's jump to one from Susie Levin. Susie Levin! Yeah. Susie Levin, who absolutely loves you, by She's going to ask about when I kissed her mom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She did not what? let me kiss her. I kissed her, and then I puked on the bar at the first X Games. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mama. <laughs> well, I, I guess the best part is, is that's not even the question. No, I, so you just, you know, I don't, you I'm gave up a lot more. The Levans are awesome. I love the Levans. So they are. Well, so what Susie asked. They, they are. And I interviewed her earlier, <laughs> a couple months ago, and she was just so much fun to interview. And she's yeah, just, she's kicking I called her the most famous Levan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy is her sister or her brother. That's just the way it yep, is. That's yep. it, it, Susie comes first in my book. Jimmy's awesome too. I just I love, love Susie. They're they're both great. But anyway, her question is pretty much quick and to the point. Have you? And she said you must ask this one. Capitalize must. Have you ever found the Memphis tape? <laughs> oh, that almost got us kicked out of the NBL. Was this the Memphis? And it wasn't my fault. Wait, wait, <laughs> you know? It was Mike Lousman. Was this the, and yes, was this, I remember, I was there. Buckman. Yes. And yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I mean. This was the Eastern PA guys with Lousman. We. Not Sutton, right? Sutton wasn't there. It, it wasn't Dude, involved. I. All right, now I know where this is going. I didn't know until you. Until you start the answer. And I'm not even going to... I won't even go into that no, story. No, no. We, we don't have to. Because <laughs> it's phenomenal. Knows. And I wish I could tell the story right now. Because it is... She probably knows. It is all she knows for sure. You know? Oh, she knows, no doubt. Yes. I mean, I... There's two too. parts of this story, too. Yeah. And one day, I seriously... I want to take all these old, these stories that are, like, yeah. insane. Yeah. You know what's funny? I met Jimmy LeVan in, the, in, in, in staging and... In, in, Jacksonville, Florida at the National. He had a black flag sticker on his number plate. Yeah. We became kind of acquaintance friends. I was like, hello, oh, we're super into it. Next thing you know, I'm in Louisville and I'm at this house. I'm sitting on the couch. Yeah. I'm like, Tony Sheets, my guys, yeah, you can see here's no problem. They're totally cool. And I know anyone there. I see the guy walk through the door. I'm like, oh shit, it's a guy from staging. I'm like, hey man, what's up, dude? You're staying here too? He's like, it's my house. <laughs> so then and I became ended up becoming great friends with Jimmy LeVan. Ask Jimmy LeVan if you ever interview him. Ask him about a carrot. I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to see him this weekend, and uh, I had, won't interview him this weekend. But I, I will ask him if he gets back up to Susie's. All, his shoes, like whatever shoes it was, they had since one. The Duffs were they had a carrot on it too, and it's all from this one story. Oh so I met Jimmy on stage too in Columbus. I'm, I'm oh. gonna all geared out and like my factory MCS stuff all clean and ready to go with the moto and he's my moto with me and he's this bald bald helmet sticker S&M stickers all over his helmet just dirty old Jimmy he's oh, happy as can be smiling he's like yo man what's up man how's it going just just happy go lucky dude I was like yeah hey, what's up man it's awesome and yeah. and that was the beginning and the rest uh-huh. of the history happened I was like oh my god it was just a perfect met him in stage and oh, yeah, I love it right <laughs> It's hilarious. Cool. Susie! Oh, yeah, Susie's great. All right, a guy named Joe Lodato wants to know, he said the 22-inch market is a fast-growing market. We have very little products to choose from. Uh, well, and actually, I don't know if you do or not. Um, will you ever consider producing 20-inch, 22-inch specific parts? Well, Savrosa has a 22-inch bike coming out. Yeah. For our 2019 collection, which drops in June. Okay. From that point, we're actually going to kind of start deciding on like 
some more component trees, which essentially becomes tires, rims, you know, from there, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll see. It's like, it's funny because I mean, like, but the 20s are really interesting, from, especially from a trail standpoint, you know, it's like, it's a, it's, it's way better looking than the 24. Right. It's way more controllable than the 26, you know, right. it's, it's pretty rad, but yeah, we'll see yeah. through this process if it actually makes sense or not, or if it's just... It's a lot yeah. of retooling or yeah. just source sensitive. Yeah. But you know what, man? I mean, we're, we're not afraid. We'll do it if it makes sense. Right. Right. Uh, I'm going to shout out to Josh Hayes. He has a couple questions that Josh we've Hayes. already answered. So, you know, we'll kind of pass on those uh, so we don't repeat. But uh, let's see. What, oh, here's a good one. What's your favorite and most memorable moment of the Roots Jams? And then, of course, he says, Please bring something like this back. BMX needs it, but we're talking about it today. Trey Jones I mean, is doing... There's always a chance Roots can come back. Yeah. And we always talk about we want to do it. But Trey Jones has taken over. He's next generation. He's got a good idea. And honestly, this is cooler. Yes. You know, so I'm really into this. So who knows? But, you know, I mean, we, we really do want to bring Roots back, but we just need someone to show up with a checkbook and we'll do it. Right. You know, yeah. it's like, but... What was the first part of this question was? Uh, uh, what's your mes- most memorable moment roots. of the Roots Jams? Most memorable moment. You know, it's tough to pick one. But. You know, it's funny. There's one part of my mind at the after party, and we were at the edge. And it was actually a, a country bar and had a, a mechanical bull, and I remember leaving things, and all the BMX dudes literally were on the roof, on the awnings. Everyone was jumping off the whole place, and it was just getting so... I remember walking out going holy shit you know but you know what's one thing that always I always think about is I remember sitting on the course and seeing Seth Kimbrough and Corey Martinez and then even but those dudes came around the wall ride I remember being like this is cool I don't know why because it was even before I met Corey and before I met Seth mm-hmm. I was like this was like, this when it was indoor like was, under the yeah, like yep, yep. open sides yeah. but under roof but you know what honestly best part is is building the ramps with the Boston crew and our crew building the ramps. Mm. That was so much fun, man. Was Wessel part of it? No, no, no. Always love. We'd love to, but yeah, we could afford it, you know, even right, back right. then, you yeah. know. And honestly, it was, it became more, even more pure working mm. with all the sure. dudes that helped us. Like, oh, Steve yeah. Nealon was a huge, he's a, a Boston local, awesome yeah. guy. He was a really, Mark Reyna, I actually met Steve oh, Nealon because of Mark Reyna. I knew Mark. Yeah, yeah, Mark's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, He's out in Pacific Northwest, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Rain is awesome. Yeah. Very good guy. Uh, let's see. John Lee. John Lee. John Lee. Dude, John Lee has like OG UGB posters that were made on this. I found a blueprint company made Architect Blueprints. I yeah. made all my first posters at this blueprint place. We'd go there and the ammonia from the machine was so intensely strong you'd almost get high off of it. It was so weird. Boy, John Lee. I've I've smelled it for sure in my business because I do uh, supply. So it's construction related. So we blueprint... Well, nowadays everyone just emails blueprints. So you gotta... Oh, yeah, there's no blueprint. No, that that business is done. Yeah, exactly. Disrupted. He says, one of his questions is, UGP and Shadow are fashion-forward brands. What sparked your interest in streetwear and fashion? The graphic design. Right. And then the, the idea of, like, presentation. How to present something was always really cool. And that's why, like, when we did, when we did the, um, the collaboration with Invisible Man, with Andrew Lee, 
he was, he's an American, he grew up in New York City, and he grew up with like Stash, Futura, like the, the whole, the whole Supreme crew, and then basically in, in Tokyo, Andrew had the opportunity to do Invisible Man as a brand, and with stores and whatnot, so we, we were the first company to do an artist bike collaboration. Right. And then that bike we did with Andrew at Invisible Man actually taught us how to make a bike, which gave us the confidence to start Sabrosa. You know, you. so and working with Bobby Hundreds and Ben Hundreds do the Hundreds was a really, really big clothing brand. You know, and like working with all these different brands, I just, I, I just like creativity. You know, and like in just any way, and then also any way to use another platform to present BMX in a way that is how I like how it looks how I how I see BMX is not necessarily right it's just what I like right and so I like presenting how I see it and I like presenting it through channels that wouldn't normally be presented in this way and it makes BMX being seen in a way that I sure I like you know I say it in that in that, in that fashion because I hate when people say it's this or it's that no it isn't actually and if BMX ever becomes this or that it's done you know what I mean it has to be it's yours it's yours it's mine and as it does that, that's BMX, you know. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love fashion. I love street fashion. I love, I love graphic design. I love marketing. I love product development. And and streetwear has always been a cool way to kind of present BMX in a new way, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that's that's probably why I would assume. And you love shoes. And I love shoes. <laughs> I almost started a shoe company. I was really close, but I was like, it's a lot of sizes. Uh, someone asked that. I thought I did UGP shoes. I actually went all over China just for the sake to go to a bunch of factories to study. And I went all these factories to study how shoe manufacturing yeah. was done. I learned everything, and I was like, I was about to do it, and I was like, ah, actually, you know what? this is tough. It's because I was going to ask John Paul because of your interest in shoes. Uh, I, it's, it's a question to him, and I, I'm just going to say it because yeah. it, it, it applies. Ronnie Bonner is a self-proclaimed shoe whore, <laughs> according to a Ride BMX interview. Yep. Uh, did you ever have an interest in pursuing shoes um, with Ronnie Bonner? So, yep. You know, well, John did Paul ever... did cast, and he wouldn't go, went for it. I had a few different right. things I was going to do. I mean, And it was related to him in cast. Yeah, which was awesome. I I did enough research that by the end of it, I was like, let me just stay on the the buying of shoes and not the making of shoes. But that's where also where my Vans collaborations, my Hunters collaborations, our Osiris with Sabrosa collaborations. I forgot about the Vans collaboration. And we've done two low-tech collaborations. I mean, I've done three different series of fans collaborations so it ended up being kind of after your research you said you know what this is let's let the let's let the shoe experts deal with it and then we'll call and we'll it's, collab it's and, just really hard it, shoe industry is hard yeah it's but you make a lot more profit than say clothing clothing industry is really hard it might be the hardest industry to be in man sure. it's like but shoe industry is really hard too you know it's very tool intensive costs a lot up front uh, but okay. the sizing is gnarly yeah. You know, so I'll never say never. Right. Because I'm super into it, you know yeah. what I mean? But it, it's, it's, I kind of, I learned a valuable lesson in life. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. But back in the day, I had a strong belief, I can do this, so I will. Right. I've, I've switched that now. So I'm not like, hey, man, pick your battles. Yeah. 
and then don't don't jump into shit just because you can. You know what I mean? You know, so right. so yeah. One day, you never know. Yeah. You like leaving you like leaving people on the edge of their seats, <laughs> don't you? Um, let's see. John Lee also says many BMX clothing and shoe companies have come and gone, helping identify and define period, style, and culture. Do you think BMX has trouble with defining its look and culture? We're kind of touching on. Um, because if it's one or the other, mm-hmm. and you don't have something in between, then maybe that's the definition that's cool. missing. If not enough people are shooting for that middle that may not seem like it's the most popular route. Yeah. Maybe, pe- maybe that too many is people the problem are playing clothing. it safe. Look back day, like poor boy with Steve Inge, he had his look. Derek had his look. We had our look, mm-hmm. you know, like Mutation in Germany had their look, you know, like Chico that did, Chico design, like Chico was no German, he had his look. Yeah. If you have your look right now, they all kind of have, they yeah. all want to be supreme. I'm you sure know? you remember the late 80s, 90s where we were, uh, in this, maybe this was Steve, but uh, it was a lot of knockoff shirts of, oh, logo you take the, the Tide best. logo and turn into a... You know, bike logo. I yeah. love. I mean, well, we did like the Hoover logo with Groover. We did Disco Crisco. We did Big Disco. Hick. Yes. We did yeah, Hick yeah, Big. Yeah. We got so many cease and desist back in the day. <laughs> it was awesome, you know. But the Big logo we did, and a Hick, and like still holding a pen, he's holding a shotgun. They shot his head off of the big dude, you know, like oh, Disco Crisco dude. The Disco shirt, yeah. it got to the point that we almost couldn't stop making it because it was basically paying a lot of our bills, yeah. but we hated it at the point because it was like yeah. it just sold so many shirts you know but logo bites i i today i still love logo bites mm-hmm. when they're yeah. done correctly yeah, unexpected right. you know? <laughs> when you do an expected logo bite, like okay that's kind of dumb you know but yeah. but yeah john lee john lee's totally correct i i yeah he, i think it's yeah i think it is um i think i think a lot of brands today because of the power of the internet there are it's all milk yeah. Milk is milk is gross, and and being milk is even worse. You know, right. it's like it's so, and that's I think what he's probably what he's kind of directing this his question towards. I think you know, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, John Lee. I definitely agree. Hope you're feeling better, buddy. Yeah, he's doing well. He's doing real well. Um, Danny Bailey or Danny Boy from Bases, how you remember him? He's, he's such an awesome guy um, this is more of a comment he yeah. says and he said UGP discontinued the Kung Fu grip cool. absolutely love them I called for you once back in the day and your dad answered he was so nice he gave you the message and you called me back and sent me all that you had left at no charge even though I insisted on paying not only was I shocked that you called back but you were so generous and nice thank you to you and your late father that's awesome. So, that is super nice, but I absolutely disagree with that being the best grip. That grip was horrible. <laughs> you gotta understand, Danny. When he went through a ton of them, you know, Man. he went through a ton. You know, it's funny. We designed that grip in Illustrator, and actually, yes. Billy Danshek from Systems Life actually funded that project for me. Oh, okay. And I had no clue how to make grips, and that grip was so thin, uncomfortable. It was. But it was funny because it was one of the first grips that used the name Kung Fu Grips. Right. You know, like, so it was fun. But that's super nice. And that's cool that he thought my dad and all that was awesome. Yeah. But honestly, when yeah. he said popular, I tried, like, this is, this business that we've done is super 
personal to me, and I am very personal back to all of our fans and friends, you know, so people would be surprised, because, like, on Instagram, I'm I'm always, I'm yeah. engaging and talking and doing stuff all the time, you know, right. I mean, that's, right. but honestly, if you're, if your brand is you and you are your brand, then it means you have to be that in that manner, you know what I mean, and there is, there is no difference. People, I hate when people say, this is, don't, Business isn't personal. What, what's isn't that? What the saying goes like, you know, don't don't take it personal. It's just business. Oh, it's like fuck yeah. off, that's, man. That's like, the saying. Business it, is personal, and personal is business. And if it isn't one and the same, then you should quit. Business you know? is to- business is totally about relationships. Yeah, it's, like honestly, and like my name yeah. is the only thing I can die with. And if right. I'm a schmuck, then right. what am I leaving behind me? Yes. And that's that's not interesting. Yeah. You know? It's like. Yeah, that's cool though. Danny, thanks dude for that that, that yeah. statement. He's he's a great guy, always has been. Um, so uh, Murphy Machetta, I think that's how you say his name. Murph's a Pittsburgh guy, really good photographer. Uh, you may know Murph. Uh, he's he spent some time in Austin, uh, I believe, if I if I've got his story right. Super nice guy. He asks what your best Mike Cottle story is. Why is Jay laughing already? God, man, <laughs> I've got some Mike Cottle stories. Well, first off, he is the nicest, most loving dude ever that can be a so salty. <laughs> oh, I love Mike Cottle. You know what my best story is? Mike, Mike listens Cottle? to a lot of these, uh, the shop, his shop well, in Pittsburgh. My favorite thing, as I was saying earlier, Mike Cottle's very first road trip ever without his parents was with me. He's 15 and took him to Pittsburgh. Right. And he always brings it up. And he got me back on my 30th birthday. Because <laughs> I guess we he couldn't go out with us, obviously. So he had to stay at the hotel. We went and got drunk. I came back. And I remember we just all ran in and jumped on the bed or fucking with a mother on my 30th birthday. I, got, I was super drunk. Right. Went to bed early. Yeah. He broke into my room and jumped on my bed. <laughs> it was jumping all in the same exact way. And he's like, came back to hell, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the perfect Mike Cottle story. It though. was awesome because, I mean, on so many fronts, you know, like just so, there's way more stories with Cottle, you know, but that, that one's always near and dear to me because A, it's why he lives in Pittsburgh and then later on him getting me back on my yeah. 30th birthday was awesome. You know, uh, it's, that's, that's great. Uh, let's see. And then just a quick comment from yeah. Murphy also. He says, tell Ronnie to find my boy Tony P., he is running my first generation shadow top load stem from the early 2000s. Tony P, what up? So, Tony, uh, get a new stem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, that's what sounds like you probably should do. And he can get the other one back to Murph. Yeah, um, archive that bitch. Right. So, uh, just a couple more things yeah. I wanted to talk about were um, company videos because I did a little research and tried to find what I could from the years that I missed. Is it? Is it? Just the one, get used to it. Was that the one company? That's Sub Rosa. Sub Rosa to get used to it. Shadow's done the calling, done what could go wrong. Oh, yeah, of course. What could go wrong was just a year or two ago, right? It's probably been longer than that. Has it been that long? Yeah. God, I'm like drawing up like. Not too long, though. Did it Goody? Goody was get used to it. And yeah. then. Did you have a favorite one? Man. I mean. My favorite video is Face Value UGP. Yeah. You know, that was probably my favorite. And then Mission of Nonsense was awesome. 
both done by Kip Williamson, which that's my boy. He's awesome. Um, face value was awesome because it was it was one of the first premieres ever that had tickets and whatnot in Columbus, Ohio. And we had premiere for it, and BMX News didn't really do premieres at the time. The video too, I feel, has just such an amazing feeling. To me, it's still current, and Taj's part it's amazing, you know, and like so. It, I mean, what could go wrong was awesome because a the riding's amazing, and it was like we were able to do like the premiere at the, the House of Vans in New York City, and Vans really backed us, and that was sick. Goody was awesome because it's so sick, and Bobby and um, Chad, um, Chadwick did the video, and we got the premiere at Simple Session, you know. So, oh, wow. But it's but I it would be face value. Face value, yeah. UGP, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to look Period that up. time, it's really. It's gonna be hard to find. I would it's, imagine. It's it's on YouTube, I think. Oh, it yeah. is. Okay. I don't think it's a really good copy of it, but it's it's, yeah. it's really good. And Major Nonsense was awesome because we did the very first ever dirt street course mix, and now like they just did a contest in Texas that last year that was the same thing. But, like Joey Garcia rode on it. Like we did down rails, we did doubles to wall rides, curve wall rides, like. Everything was mixed in with dirt, you know, and that was that. That was a that was a long time ago, man. Yeah. 2000s, early 2000s. It was probably. Joey, yeah, that was a bit yeah, ago. Yeah, you know, uh, the Flying Garcia brothers. Yeah, I love, I love yeah. those guys, man. <laughs> it's funny how many brothers we've sponsored. Oh really? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, the Garcias, the, the Joneses, the. Oh right. Yeah. yeah right. There's, it's, yeah, there's. There's there's a lot of brothers. In there's there. two amazing sets of brothers right there. Yeah, I mean, Jabe and Trey. The thing about the Joneses are, let's go all the way to the start. Right. His grandparents, phenomenal people. Go to his parents, awesome people. Yeah. Go to Jabe and Trey, awesome people. I've never seen that many generations of people that are like the best. You know, like, oh, I mean, should, Trey's you... uncle, I bought my dog, my old, old dog yeah, yeah. from Trey's uncle before I even knew who Trey was. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, it's like, so. Yeah, the Joneses are badass. That's amazing. usually there's some dick in the lineup Not there. Oh <laughs> man, like hell, I went and had I went and had lunch the other day with Trey's grandfather Did just you? to talk about some advice and have someone you can like really rap with nice. and he's such a cool dude, you know, and yeah, like yeah. and just wickedly smart and Aura Jones, like, dude, I've never seen a dad that is just I don't know how he has the energy he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he has a full-time job that he works really hard on and he's out at building trays ramps he's out here building swamp fest and doing oh he was working like, here too dude all the time man he really he's down if you say you want to do something he'd be like yes really but that's where that's where trey yeah and jabe get their work ethic from yeah, you yeah. know i mean from the grandfather from his dad the family like right. trey and jabe are like they're straight they're yeah. awesome you know yeah. it's like yeah it's cool they sure seem it. I mean, I just met Trey this past year, but he's, he's been... People confuse Trey. They think, like... Yeah, it's funny, man. They underestimate Trey. Trey, mm-hmm. is, Trey, is, Trey is badass on many levels. I, yeah. I've and known I, him since he was nine, so it's like it's rad, wow. like, knowing someone yeah. for so long. And right. then, like... And honestly, it's so cool that Mark, 2018, he's now on Sabrosa. Yeah. So being on Sabrosa and Shadow, it's kind of like the Orlando. Yes. And thanks a lot to Robbie from Colt. The way from Colt to Sabrosa, it was, it was actually a really cool friendship in the way industries type stuff should work on the backside that no one knows about. Sure. And it was a phenomenal scenario. And Robbie's, Robbie and Neil from Colt are awesome. And it was really, really, really cool how 
everyone work together to make a scenario better for Trey. Or yeah. not better, because Colt was... If Colt, if Colt wouldn't have done the things they did for, right. for Trey, Trey wouldn't have been in the place he was to do this, which is really cool. And Robbie and Neil are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like those guys. I know I can't wait to interview Robbie as well. Yeah. He, he really is a great guy. And I think there's so many... Uh, unknowns about Robbie that I can't wait to talk about. Oh, yeah. You know, and let people know things that Robbie I know, things is, that you know. Robbie is the number one networker and marketer in BMX. Yeah, hands down, right. the best. Right. Yeah, he's got a vision and a way. And and Robbie and I, I think, are probably the most similar in the sense of how we look at BMX and where it should go. Different, but sure. very similar. And I have a, I have a lot of respect for Robbie, so it's it's, it's cool. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think I think a lot of people do. Uh, and when I talk to him, I, I really want to get back and have people appreciate where he came from too, yeah. because he was accomplished, very driven and accomplished as a as a rider. Oh, yeah. You know, team velocity, man. Yeah, going to Auburn, going to Univega, yes. going like I mean, like he, oh, he was all right God. there. He's a fast motherfucker, man. He, he, was, he was a hustler. When he was on velocity, I remember just seeing his uniform, like it looked cool. The and then we got Auburn. I was like, oh my God, you know. TC, Todd Corbin, you're like, this is... Bartoldus, yeah, all of them. Eric Bartoldus. Yeah. yeah. Big E. You know, it's like... <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, all right. La- one last thing before cool. we do some shout-outs for you. Uh, future projects. I was so psyched when I saw that you guys posted the uh, Sabrosa Speedwolf. Yeah. Now, that is cool. What uh, You want to say anything about sure, that? Sure, sure. It's yeah. a... It's a limited project at the moment. Greg Lanthorn, mm-hmm. obviously Greg Greg still races a ton. Mm-hmm. We obviously Ryan was a Ryan was like a what they call back in the day a, a single pro super or class, but yeah, super class, whatever it was called at that moment. Ryan raced all the way up to that point. I obviously raced. Mm-hmm. Willie, our warehouse guy, raced, still races. So yeah. we're really into racing. Sure. We're kinda of held back by what racing is at the moment to do sure. more. But we wanted to make a frame, man. And honestly it's 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 Lanthorn GL's Project. Yeah, he did all. He did everything about the bike, you know. So it's real limited edition at the moment, and we're kind of introducing it. No, we're not trying to take over the world with it. We're not right. trying to. We right. we our brands are all about BMX. It's not if you're a flatlander or a dirt guy or a, a a park guy or a street guy or a you know whatever. We're we're like race everything you know like it's yeah. you should we're a bmx company we're not a street company we're not a park company we're a bmx company so right having a race bike the speed wolf it comes out i think in i think it comes out in like maybe june maybe that's what he mentioned you know? on i think that's what yeah. greg mentioned on uh, it's really cool post, but... graphics look sick they're really funny they're really cool the neon red is like electric it's like cool as cool as color it's like really cool there's other colors too but it's like yeah we're really excited about it you know and then obviously too it's like greg is i mean gl rides fixed gear he rides like dirt jumper bikes he rides his race bike he rides fixed he rides a brakeless street all the time you know like he for a dude that's been in bmx for as long as he has it's it's pretty rad so yeah the speed wolf is kind of it is his pet project you know so and number three in the world yeah, and number three in the that's world. The, number three yeah, in the world. Right. Yeah, number that's three in the right. world. Two yeah, people better in the whole world. That was it. People can say it. Was Sean Newberry in that mean too? 
No, I think, did he make that no, 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 no. GL made that man. He no, no, no. I'm, I knew no, GL no, did. Native Newberry is amazing, but like, yeah. GL I thought maybe badass. two Florida guys snuck in there, but I, I could be totally wrong. Oh, I was so stoked. But that's GL, awesome man. that GL. That's that's a forever story. Hey, I'm a mean, local that's, hero, man. Yeah, <laughs> at Orlando. I mean, what are the odds? It's, oh, it's he's, awesome. He's badass. So, uh, events, do you still have Sparky's Jams? Sparky's Jams every year, every October, man. October 20th, okay. 2018 is the next one. Yeah. Following weekend, I think October 28th, Ryan Schur and Amelia Clifton are getting married. And oh. then I think a few weeks after that, Trey Jones and, and Kelsey are getting married. So yeah. it's going to be a really busy, but yeah, October 20th, Sparky's Jam. Sparky's Jam is really important, man, because if you're going to be branded in a community, you need mm-hmm. to open your doors and say, hey, guys, come have a great time. So we, we build all custom ramps, we bring all riders in, we do, now we're blocking off the road, the city, Longwood is, city long was awesome, man, they're like, I can go down to city hall and be like, hey, and they're like, hey, what do you want to do, you know, it's nice. like, so we block off the road, we build all the ramps, we really try to make it, and we open up our warehouse, you know, and like, mm-hmm. we really try to, it's really community based, right. you know, we're not, right. it's, it's, and I, it's insane, man, I think it, people started lining up for the, the, at, 4 a.m. Yeah. It started lining up by 10 a.m. when it opened up. There was over, I think, almost 100 people in line just for the store. Wow. And I think it now it's almost up to 500 riders. Really? You know, so it's 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 pretty cool. It's like, Sparky Jam is something really important for Florida, man. Dudes from Miami, dudes from like all the way, like, I think North Carolina came down to it. You know, I mean, it was actually some guys from Alaska came this year. Really? And they, weirdly enough, these two dudes, which, hey, guys, I don't know if you remember your guys' name, but these are awesome. But they, they both somehow on one trip, not as far as broke their legs. <gasps> the two dudes from Alaska broke their legs at a different place and then came, still came to the jam. You know, I, was like, I don't know how two dudes can break their legs in different places. But and both did. be from Alaska. Yeah, they're both from Alaska on the same trip. Wow. Yeah. Oh, those dudes are awesome. It's... <laughs> Jeez. All right, it, this one, uh, I'm not sure where this is at. You're involved in um, USA BMX Freestyle, or were. I don't were. know if you still are. What's the, it's not what's really, the situation? View I'm, pit, the whole thing. I'm saying that wrong, probably. Oh, uh, the Vuppets, yeah. Vuppets, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Vuppet. Um, it, Vuppet changed the UCI app, so now it's a UCI app, which you can okay. actually go on it and do local contests and in the future their idea is that you'll be able to qualify to get in some of the UCI events which is which is pretty cool yeah. it, they had some fundamental structure issues it kind of crumbled a little bit now it's kind of come back Tony D is awesome he's now in charge or kind of was in charge but now he's in charge they're relaunching it and now USA BMX and UCI are going to be doing like two events in America hopefully in 2018 and then with the app it's all going to work together which then will help riders hopefully qualified to get in the Olympics. I got but you. it it all kind of they're working through it all and now they're trying to get it back together. But I'm not involved, but I, I keep in touch with Tony and he's kinda been sure. keeping up, up to date on stuff and hopefully it'll be something cool man. It'd be awesome to see yeah. you know if you're into doing contests and into kind of evolving the Olympics, which some people don't like that, I have no problem with it. Right. It's like I think it's yeah. it's all good, you know. So hopefully hopefully it all works out. But at the moment it's still kind of up in the air. I got you. It sounds like they're starting to get a little bit of direction with uh, with Nina Petrago and Ryan Nyquist in there now as reps through UCI. UCI which is awesome. UCI, Nina and be awesome to have the amazing female voice that's absolutely yeah. pure and, and real in BMX, which is awesome. Right. And, and having Nyquist, which is, yeah. he could have a better spokesperson for BMX. He's so solid and 
so right. Sonic consistent. Not as a writer, just as a sure, person. Sure. As a writer, he's awesome too. Oh, but right. As a person, he's just he's awesome. I mean, San Jose, man, you can't you can't go wrong with the Garcias, the Night yeah. West, uh-huh. and everyone from that whole area was so good. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping all that comes together. Oh, there's Robbie. The, the Ryan, the Nina, and then you know, yeah. just get everyone together. But uh, wow. Three, three of them. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, John shit. Paul, There's too. Look at that. The three amigos right here, man. We got John Paul, oh, Ron Ross, and boy. Can you? I don't know if you could get more shit talking in one group than oh. this right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. What's up, Gregor? Oh, all right. What's up, oh, man? That's so awesome. Of course. Hey, hey, you're just touching right. the end of ours, buddy. Yeah, then you're up. How's it going? John Paul, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Good to see you, man. Yeah, you too. You, you got too. to go from day one till now? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right on. Get it done before I'm drunk. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> You've been over here like three hours. Yeah. I know. Well, you know what? We're down to... I told some really, really gnarly stories. <laughs> I the, only I, the only thing I heard is I walked by and said, he was taking his shit. Because <laughs> I was walking over and walk, just, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, fuck. They're doing something. Oh, and I walked over there and Ryan's like, they're doing a podcast over there. And he said he just walked. I was like, why didn't you guys go? No, it's all good. You kidding me? This is the best part of it when people come in and out of it. Yeah. Well, we're down to so shout outs. Yeah. So you do, if you want to do a few shout outs, we'll finish up on that. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'd love to shout out to all the Sparky's family. Everyone's been there now and people have worked there before. If it wasn't for you guys, this journey would be impossible because it's not a singular. There's no I in this team, and it would be impossible without the smarts of everyone that's ever helped. From UGP till now, it was impossible. I really appreciate that. I mean, other people I realize anyone's ever supported us, purchased something from us, gone to one of our events, I mean, to believe in us, it means the world. I really appreciate it. You know, and it's like, lovely, a huge shout out to Austin, Courtney, Kathy and Ron Bonner. They're almost getting a little emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely. I could see why. They're after um, hearing the story. Without the family, it'd be impossible. Yeah. It's like Yeah. Um Yeah, so it's pretty it cool. So it's like and then honestly, like God, thank you to anyone that's ever opened their house to me, allowed me to like travel the world and like and leave this dream. I mean, I live a blessed life, you know, not being, not do financially, but just being blessed, you know, doing this with you right now. I mean, it's awesome, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I, I'm not going to go into singular shout outs. It's, no, I'll keep okay. it more, right. more broad, but it's like, hey, let me give a huge shout out to Stephen Liu, my partner in Rocksteady Supply Co. He, he, he's our, it's our, we own our own company in Taiwan that hands all our QC and manufacturing oh, okay. stuff and Stephen Lewis that's one person I like to give a little if it wasn't from him we wouldn't have stuff getting on your guys bikes right now so it's pretty rad gotcha yeah no it's awesome got a little emotional thing about my dad I was like oh man yeah oh I hear you my dad passed two years ago and in as I said he lived in Merritt Island and yeah. it's tough you know and, and my dad was a good man a yeah. real good man just Family. like yours and family's everything man. It's like, and you worked with him yeah, which was that's a blessing that you yeah. were able to work with I'm so. blessed that like he he allowed me to be as delusional as I could be. <laughs> this is the best story of delusion that I've ever heard. Our conversation yeah. today, so this is great. But, uh, it's important, you know. Yeah. It's like, you got to dream. You got to dream big. You know. It's like yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate hey, it, man. It's awesome. Thank Just you. the stories. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't curse too much. No. <laughs> Never. It, trust me. 
you came and after, a lot of poop and talk. You came, you came after ground chuck. You're all good. <laughs> ground chuck. And again, Brian, why aren't you here, man? And again, Brian Feld, do not listen to the podcast. We're all. <laughs> anyway, thanks for being on the BMX Center, boy. I appreciate it, Ronnie. Awesome, I appreciate it, man. All right. Awesome, thanks, Joe. Nice show. Nice show. Awesome. I'm gonna grill for Ronnie. Awesome. <laughs>